This is Football Nation. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL. Headlines, stats, fantasy previews, and more right here on Football Nation. Hello and welcome to Football Nation. Get ready for two hours of fantasy football and NFL news coverage, analysis, and some advice. I'm Bill Enright. With me is Todd DeVries. Todd, we're broadcasting live Thursday, Football Nation Radio Network, already week four in the NFL. Giddy up, Bill, because you got Rams and Niners tonight, my friend. Are you ready? I'm ready. NFC, what is it? NFC West showdown. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, tell you what. The Rams, we'll break all this down in more detail later, but Bill, the Rams gave the Niners headaches last year. They tied them once yep. and beat them in overtime once. If that happens again and the Niners go to 1-3 and three to start the year, holy Might cow. Might be an earthquake in San Francisco. Yeah, it would not be good. Got a lot to go on today. Uh, our producer, Josh Deering, want to give a quick shout-out to him, keeping us on the air. Thanks, Josh. Anything for you guys, anything at all. Oh, we appreciate that. Anything. Uh, can you deliver some pizzas over here? Uh, they'll be a little bit cold by the time they get there, but I'll get right. right on that. That's right. Okay, thank you. Uh, week four in the NFL, we're going to take your start, and start, sit, and lineup advice questions. You can give us a call, 855-478-7030. You can also email us, radio at footballnation.com. Uh, we're going to go inside the quality stats with Kerry Byrne from coldhardfootballfacts.com, as we do always on the show. And plus... We're going to help you win some money playing fantasy football over at DraftKings.com. Todd, if you remember on Tuesday, our loyal listener and FFChamps.com subscriber, Bodog, let us know that he won $300 last week based on our overpriced and bargain buy advice. So Bodog won 300 bucks. We're going to try to get some more of our listeners to get some cash playing at DraftKings. Yeah, man, there's definitely some good plays this week. Um, we've always wondered, Bill why they don't hire guys like us to make these salary caps, these salaries, because... I wouldn't want that job, because then we wouldn't be eligible to play. I won some money last week. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yep. But if we were setting these, these salary caps, Bill, it would be tough to tough to win. But um, we always find some gold, some little nuggets there, kind of uh, at the bottom of the list. There's always a couple that are head-scratchers in a good way. So yeah. we'll, get, we'll get to all that later in the show. So, fantasy football advice, whether you're 3-0 or 0-3, we want to help you win your fantasy football matchups in week four. Again, our phone number, 855-478-7030, and our email address, radio at footballnation.com. We'll get to the emails and phone calls in just a bit. Thursday Night Football, Todd, we, we kind of uh, previewed it a bit. 49ers and Rams. You and I have been kind of going back and forth basically since last year debating the importance, the significance, whether or not we enjoy or we'd rather do without the Thursday night games. It seems like the matchups are always going to be good. 49ers and Rams, division matchup, should be exciting. The Rams look good early on, but they kind of fell apart the last two weeks. Same thing with the 49ers. But the game comes, and then the fourth quarter comes, and then it's over, and we're always kind of let down wanting more. What do you think's going on with the Thursday night games? Well, I think it's it's teams are tired and sore from the game before. I mean, it's pretty obvious. They don't have any time to practice. They don't have any time to game plan. You know, they, they play Sunday night, Bill, and then the, the team that's traveling, especially, they're traveling on Wednesday. Right. But they got, they got a day to rest, and then they do some walkthroughs, and then they're suddenly playing again. It's, it's crazy. I think, you know, 
there was a great article on coldartfootballfacts.com this week where they pointed out, Bill, the last 15 Thursday night games, the under, over-under, okay, mm-hmm. Vegas over-under, the sure. under has won 11 of the 15. Wow. That's bad if you're talking about fantasy football, baby. You do yeah. not want unders. There's a lot of low-scoring games. Look at two weeks ago. You had the uh, Patriots-Jets, 13-10. to 10. I know it was raining, but it was 13-10. to freaking 10. Last week, you had the Chiefs against the high-flying Eagles. Eagles turn it over a million times, score 16 points. It's ugly football. It's sloppy, Bill. And I, I, you know, we, did, we have debated this the past year and a half, and I'm wondering if in the big scheme of things, Thursday night football is good for the game. I think the way around it, Bill, Here's my solution, okay? You got you got a solution. You got a, you got an easy fix for this? I've got an easy fix. It's easy for me to say anyway. <laughs> Not easy for the schedule makers. I'm playing Thursday night football only when the two teams in the game had a bye the week before. All right, that makes sense. No, that means you can't do it every week. You can't do it at the beginning and the end of the year. You won't have Thursday night football. You know, you can start. You can kick off the season with it in week one. Right. Then you know you got a couple weeks where you, you know there's a little break. And then you get into the buys. They schedule it so that the two teams that are playing are in the middle of, you know, they've had a bye week. So they've got, you know, 10 days prior, and then they've got 10 days after the game. Before the game and after the game, they've got it kind of centered right in the middle there. That's my solution. What do you think? That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Bill, the problem, I mean, the, the problem with the NFL, the problem the NFL will have is they're losing out on money weeks two, weeks three, and later on in the season, 13 through 16 or 13 through 17, because there's no teams on buy. So what do they do then? Uh, well, that's why I said that's a problem for them. Do they, do they just get rid of Thursday night football for those weeks? Move the game. Well, the ones at the end of the year, put a, put a game on Saturday. Put a game on Saturday. Okay. There's no college football then except for some bowl games, some right. bowl games. Right. Now, weeks two, three, four, yeah, you got a problem. That's where they're going to – you're right. I mean, of course, it's all money-driven. We all know that. I'm just kind of pie in the sky dreaming. Bill, I mean, you know – But that is emphasis, a great solution. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to email Roger right now. All right. But the problem is, Bill, I mean, you know, what's the number one topic, hot-button topic in NFL football? It's It's – Concussions. It's these guys are injured all the right. time. How in the world do you expect them to play Sunday and Thursday? Bill, I coached my son's peewee team the last yeah. three years. Mm-hmm. And when we had a, a, a quirk in the schedule, we had to play a weekday game following a Sunday game. It was, it threw everything out of socket. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, I can't imagine how these guys do it. I don't know how they do it. And it's showing on the field. You know, I think it's, it's sloppy football. And it's dummy down vanilla game plans. Holy crap, we got a game in a couple days. Let's just get through it. Let's just, you know, we aren't going to do a lot of trickeration or any, you know, elaborate game plans. We're just going to keep it simple and try to win. That's what we're seeing. So we saw a guy like Patrick Willis, one of the premier linebackers in the league, on Sunday when he was playing against the Colts in week three, left the game with a groin injury. Are we expecting him to be healthy, ready to go tonight? Absolutely not. Nope. Then you have another situation with Vernon Davis, who missed the game because of a hamstring injury. Maybe he would be 100% if he was playing on Sunday. But four games earlier, now that he's playing on Thursday night, he's still a game-time decision. You know, yeah. So I'd like to hear from the audience, Bill, um, tweets, emails, phone calls. I mean, 
you know, I think we all agree when they first announced it's going to be Thursday Night Football every week, we were all so excited by it. Right, because it's an extra day of action. We love watching the game. It kind of gets us per- gets us pumped up for the week. It's starting already. Yeah, but now, um, I don't know. I, I would rather see, you know, do it in the middle of the season. You could probably squeeze in, what, maybe 12, 12 weeks of it yeah. under my plan. Right? Something like yeah. that. Not bad. Still, yeah, and, still and if you do action. it, and you do it right, now it's, it's impossible to predict who the good teams are going to be. We know that. The Monday night matchups are always set, and... You know, you can't do that, but at least you're going to get well-rested teams that will, uh, you know, should provide more entertaining brand of football. So it'll never happen, Bill, but uh, once they, you know, they're not going to take money off the table, but no. uh, that would be my solution. And I think tonight, I think it's going to be kind of a stinker as far, it might be exciting. It might be a, you know, a tight game, but I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be ugly. The over-under for tonight is 42 and a half. The St. Louis Rams are a three-point underdog at home. 42, that's about right, 42 and a half. Yeah. So you're, I think you're looking at a 20 to 17 type yeah. game. Right, right. You know, something right around there. It's going to be right around that over under probably. And, and the Rams are getting three at home. Yeah. It's pretty interesting because the that Niners is pretty interesting. one and two and the, and the Rams are one and two. Well, we can have Kerry Byrne uh, analyze that line for us later in the show, but – I don't know, Bill. I mean, so you think I have a, something there, something cooking? Some sort I, of I think that's solution? a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Uh, it, I, I think most fans like the Thursday night game because just it's another game of the week. Uh, it's another game during the week, and, and you kind of, you know, all the, all the games on Sunday, there's so many of them, it's hard to watch all of them. Red so the Thursday night game kind of gives you a – if you're playing fantasy football, you know, it gives you an opportunity to watch two teams that maybe normally you wouldn't be watching. That's true. Hey, but I, I'm with you that the game is not as good as it can be. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know, man. And the NFL needs to be a little bit careful here. The, the reason that the NFL is America's pastime and not baseball or hockey or the NBA, Bill, is every game matters. There's so few games, you know. Right. It, there's, it just seems like we wait all year for football season and it comes and goes like like that, you mm-hmm. know. And they got to be careful that they don't give us too much football. You know, they're talking about adding games to the schedule, like all this crap. I'm not, I'm not down with that. Okay. Keep You're it a like little it bit is. of a traditionalist. Be careful. I'm a traditionalist. Be careful because I went on uh, another website today and they're still playing baseball, Bill. They are? Yes. I didn't know that. Playoffs haven't even begun yet. <laughs> They're cl- like Teams are clinching playoffs, and it's just like, what? I mean, they started this 10 months ago. It's like, oh, right. Lord. You know, football is, it's compact. Every game matters. And, um, you know, just be careful giving us Thursday night football, and who knows where it's going to be 10 years from now, Bill. I mean, look at college football, right? College football, once they get into conference play, you're going to have games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every week. It's for exposure, you know? Too too much action. Overexposure, my friend. I mean, too much of a good thing, you know? It's it's possible. You got They just got to be careful. The NFL's teetering on the edge. They're talking about going global. I'm not down with that. Mm. They're talking about adding games to the schedule. I'm not down with that. Um, be careful. All right. Let's transition over to the injury report for week four. We have... Injury report and a little bit of some news update. Three new starting quarterbacks will be under center this week. Blaine Gabbert, I guess he was 
the starter week one, but he's back under center for the Jacksonville Boo. Jaguars. Yeah, we don't like that, do we? No. No. Uh, Brian Hoyer was named the starting uh, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Brandon Whedon will take a seat. I don't know if Whedon is healthy enough to play this week, but regardless, Hoyer was named the starting QB. I actually like that news because I have Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron in a couple of my leagues. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers made some noise by benching Josh Freeman this week. Mike Lennon, the rookie from North Carolina State, will be starting for Tampa Bay. What do you think of that move? Uh, <laughs> well, things are unraveling quickly in Tampa Bay, Bill. 0-3. Owen oh, 3 Josh Freeman, the rumor was a week ago that he wanted out. And um, he's been benched. So Mike Glennon is, you know, hey, Freeman hasn't exactly played very well. So let's let's give Glennon a chance. I will say that, you know, I wasn't particularly enamored with Mike Glennon in college at North Carolina State. He's the guy that came in after Russell Wilson um, packed his bags for Wisconsin. Right. So... You know, he he showed some flashes, but um, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not, not. Don't hold your breath with Mike Lennon. Uh, moving on, Terrell Pryor still dealing with concussion symptoms. Uh, unsure of his status for Week Four. They're playing the Washington Redskins. Did you see his tweet? What did he say? I missed his it. His tweet to Raider Nation was. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of uh, the morning after the game. We gave it. You know, I heard that we gave it all we had. I don't remember much, but I. I guess the guy that hit me got in a good shot. I wish I remembered more. Oh, okay. He's tweet, basically like he's tweeting that he lost his memory. He lost his memory. Now you know the big side story there, Bill. As we all know, is the NFL is uh, the players' union is looking into the protocol that the Raiders took because he got the injury and apparently he played a few more snaps before they yanked him out, which hmm. is a big no-no. Wow. So that's something to keep an eye on um, as a side story. Um, so you, you you combine that story, Bill, with his tweet. With his tweet, yeah. Not good. No, not good. If Pryor can't go, Matt Flynn would be under center for Raider Nation. And then Minnesota Vikings quarterback Christian Ponder has a rib injury. Matt Castle to the rescue, Todd, for the Vikings are 0-3 right now. Matt Castle. Matt Castle to the rescue. How about some running backs? We've got C.J. Spiller, who's practicing uh, full participant in practice this week. He's dealing with a thigh bruise. Ray Rice of the Baltimore Ravens, actually Spiller and Rice are, are battling against each other this week. Ray Rice was limited in practice with a hip flexor. He expects to play, but the training staff doesn't seem so sure about that. Uh, Bernard Pierce would be a sneaky start sne- sneaky start if Ray Rice couldn't go again. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the rookie running back, plans to make his regular season debut today. Says that his foot injury is a thing of the past and he's feeling fine, so that's good news for the Steelers because they're looking for a spark on offense. And then Reggie Bush of the Detroit Lions practicing without any setbacks. That's certainly good news for Reggie. Maurice Jones-Drew of the Jacksonville Jaguars still dealing with that ankle injury. He's sat out of practice, but I think that's a bit precautionary because we did see him play against the Seattle Seahawks. And then Steven Jackson of the Atlanta Falcons, as we know, has been ruled out for week four. Bill, going back to the Detroit Lions running back situation, kudos to the Lions coaching staff. They must play fantasy football, Bill. You know why? Because Reggie Bush was dinged up. What's the worst possible injury news you can have for the most part, other than your guy being out for the year? He's questionable. We're not sure if he's going to play or not. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. Fantasy-wise, that's a disaster. Hate that. They said, you know what? We're going to sit Reggie Bush, and we're going to play Joyke Bell. 
And we all said, thank you for that news. We all put Joyke Bell in our fantasy lineups. We got we maximum production it. out of him. And yep. now Reggie Bush is healthy again, and we can plug him right back in. It's a job well done, if you ask me. Absolutely. Now, Joyke Bell still got it done in week one when Reggie Bush was active. That's okay. They're playing against the Bears this week. So what do you think of Joyke? I think he's a possible flex play. Maybe in a PPR league, touchdown-only yeah. league? Yeah. You know, you got some bye week. The bye weeks have begun. Not that there's, you know, the Packers. Well, the Packers have a bunch of running backs. They're all yeah. injured and stuff. But, yeah, you know, Drake Bell's still a possible low-end flex type play, I think, in PPR right. leagues. But, but um, again, I think that if, if all coaching staffs handled an injury like that, I think we'd all be much happier fantasy managers. All right, let's move over to the wide receivers. Larry Fitzgerald, good news here for the Arizona Cardinals. He's practicing in full this week, kind of hampered by his hamstring injury in the last two games, but it seems like Fitz is uh, recovering nicely and is expected to play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good news. That's certainly good news. Andre mm-hmm. Johnson, not such good news here. He has a very bad shin bruise, still very sore, mm. and Coach Gary Kubiak is saying that he's a game-time decision so get DeAndre Hopkins ready to roll if Andre Johnson can't go. Vincent Jackson of the Buccaneers not practicing because of a rib injury. I'm not sure if the rib injury news is worse or the fact that Mike Glennon is starting this week. Uh, kind of eager to see what Glennon can do if he's any better than Josh Freeman. Roddy White of the Atlanta Falcons still has that high ankle sprain. Says he's getting better, but he's still not practicing. And then, of course, Danny Amendola of the New England Patriots likely will miss week four because of the groin injury. Mm. Well, you know, getting back to your point on Vincent Jackson, hey, we saw Brian Hoyer come in and spark the, the Browns offense. That's very true. Good point. Now, it was Josh Gordon's debut as well, so it wasn't like Gordon had been out there the first couple of weeks. But still, you know, obviously Hoyer, there's not a lot of film on him, right? Right. And he, he was able to do something. So maybe there is hope for Glennon in the – the opener, you know, I, I wouldn't completely discount it. I think that over time, I think that defenses are going to tee off on him. He's kind of mm-hmm. got cement feet, but never know in the opener for him. Moving over to tight ends, Vernon Davis again, game time decision with the hamstring. We'll know tonight, Thursday night, as we're broadcasting live, whether or not he's going to be in action. And then Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots, is he making his season debut? We're not sure. Chris Mortensen of ESPN is reporting that he's more likely to play than he is not to play. So we're expecting Rob Gronkowski to take the field on Sunday night. Well, do you put him in your fantasy lineup? If you have to make the decision by 1 o'clock or 1245 Eastern on Sunday, and we don't know for sure whether or not he's going to play, is he worth taking the risk? I think he is. But at the same time, you don't want a big, fat goose egg. You don't want a zero in your lineup that, for for this week. Well, if you drafted Gronk. You have a backup. Were, yeah, if you were smart, you drafted a backup, a quality backup. But you've and, had to, you had to because you've been using someone else for the last three weeks. Right, right. But what I'm saying is if you drafted Gronk, you probably drafted uh, a quality backup earlier in the draft than, you know, most. So you might have a Cameron or a Cook. Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, Jared Cook's playing tonight. Playing okay, on Thursday. No, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I'm just I'm looking at my leagues. That I'm yeah, in, yeah, yeah. And the guy that the guys that I didn't grab. I have Gronk in one league. Okay. But in the majority of leagues, I don't have him. And um, the guys that grabbed him wound up taking sleepers. They took 
Jordan Cameron. They took Cook, you know, players like that. So if you've got a Cameron, Bill, I'm playing Cameron over Gronk this week. You I'm are. playing it safe. I mean, if, yeah. if I have to decide right now this minute, based upon the news we have from Mortensen and those guys, right, right. right now, that's what I'm doing. Now, you know, next 72 hours, you know, the news continues to get better. I and mean, then we, you know, maybe we hear little whispers that he, you know, how he's been practicing and, you know, things start to, to trickle out of, you know, camp. Then I might change my mind. But, you know, it's his first time back. Is he really going to play a full game? Is he, mm. is he just going to put a few packages in for him? You know, I'm not really sure. It is primetime game against Falcons, important game. But, you know. Of course. But, uh, I, if I have a, another quality option, I might play it safe. All right, so that was our injury report and some news headlines for uh, week four. As we're getting ready for the San Francisco 49ers and the St. Louis Rams tonight, we have a full slate of action on Sunday and, of course, Monday night. Two 3-0 teams on Monday night with the New Orleans Saints and the Miami Dolphins. We'll get into those games in just a bit, and we're also going to tell you how you guys can make some money playing fantasy football over at DraftKings.com. We're going to take a break. You don't want to miss the next segment, though, because our best buy overpriced players for week four daily fantasy football. That's coming up next. Plus your phone calls, 855-478-7030. Just getting started here on Football Nation. More coming up right after this. Football Nation, there is no off-season. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. ColdHardFootballFacts.com Insider will change the way you look at the game of pro football with our groundbreaking quality stats. These are stats that have direct correlation to winning football games. The proof is in our performance at Cold Hard Football Facts Insider. We analyze every team and pick every game every week straight up and against the spread. Cold Hard Football Facts Insiders have gone 500 or better against the spread in an incredible 72% of weeks since the start of the 2009 season. Visit coldhardfootballfacts.com, click CHFF Insider, and uncover the statistical secrets that separate winners from losers in NFL games. The proof is in our performance. Become a Cold Hard Football Facts Insider today at coldhardfootballfacts.com. You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. Collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, 
it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today, check out collegefootballgeek.com. Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs, FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. This is Football Nation. All right, welcome back to Football Nation. Bill Enright, Todd DeVries, hanging out with you. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. You can email us your lineup question, radio at footballnation.com. But, Todd, before we get into that, we always try to help our listeners, our audience members, our members at ffchamps.com make some money playing daily fantasy football over at draftkings.com. There's a lot of action this week, as there always is. Uh, Some really fun contests, some Really great tournaments. There's the million-dollar finale, which has $3.1 million on the line. But you have to qualify for that event. So they have $2 qualifiers, $11 qualifiers, $2,509, all these different kind of formats to really uh, meet your budget. So if you don't don't want to really risk a lot of money, don't worry. There's a $2 qualifier that you can get into the season – uh, the grand grand finale at the end of the year, there's a lot of different ways that you can make money, and we're going to help you do that right now by going over our bargain buys and overpriced players for week four. Absolutely, Bill. Why don't we start with the bargain buy quarterbacks, Bill? We got right, Tom. So you want me to do it? You want to run through it? You run through it, and then I'll give kind of a quick analysis. All right. We've got three bargain buys and one absolute steal at the quarterback position. The bargain buys. Tom Brady versus the Falcons, $7,800 salary. Tony Romo versus the Chargers, also $7,800. Bucks. Fake bucks. Yeah. Joe Flacco versus the Bills, 7000 fake fantasy dollars. And the absolute steal, Bill, if he's healthy, Terrell Pryor versus the woeful, Washington Redskins defense, only $5,000. And that this is the main thing about Pryor. He's my absolute steal of the week because the Redskins are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year. On average, 25 fantasy points in the first three weeks to quarterbacks. So Terrell Pryor, if he's healthy, if he's out there, you won't find a better price than $5,000 for Pryor. Joe Flacco going against the Bills, giving up the 14th most fantasy points. Tony Romo against the Chargers. Chargers defense, one of the worst in the leagues, giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. That's who I'm going with. I know Brady and Romo are the same price, but Brady's going up against the Falcons. A little bit of a better defense. I'm going with Romo this week against the Chargers. Again, the Chargers have given up 77 points, fantasy points, to opposing quarterbacks the first three games of the year. Yeah, and just to put it in perspective, if you're kind of ranking the salaries, Brady and Roma are 9 and 10 this week for quarterbacks. There you go. So it's there not you like, go. you know, just to kind of give you a point of reference, um, you know, Peyton Manning's is 9,900 
at number one. There you go. And for 2000 last year, you know, you're getting uh, Brady or Romo. And then, like you said, Terrell Pryor, though, the, the key with him, obviously, is the health, though, Bill. I mean, that's a, it's a major concern with Terrell Pryor right now. I, th- I expect him to play. I think the Raiders have a chance to win this game against the Redskins, and th- they have a much better chance if Terrell Pryor's under center, not Matt Flynn. All right, how about some overpriced quarterbacks, Bill? These are some guys that probably won't be worth their salary on DraftKings.com this week. How about Russell Wilson versus the Texans? $8,000 salary. Seems a little high. $200 more than Brady and Romo. I didn't understand that. I'm not quite sure. I don't really get that either. Andy Dalton versus the Browns, 7,000. And then Carson Palmer versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a pretty good defense. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so Carson Palmer, 6,700 shekels. The Browns, the Bucks, and the Texans all in the top 15 for shutting down opposing quarterbacks. So that's why I don't mm. like their I don't like their matchups, and I don't like the budget that they're coming in at, the, the cost, the price that they have them set at. Let's move over to the running back position, Bill. Three bargain buys and an absolute steal. Let's start with Jamal Charles versus the Giants. $8,100, Bill. Explain your reasoning to put him on the list because that, <laughs> even with $8,100, that's number two for running back. Do you think he's it, worth it? It is, Todd. And the reason why I have him as a best buy because he's going to finish in the top three this week at the running back position. I know it's a lot of money, 8100 bucks for Jamal Charles this week, but when you look at the Giants' defense, they can't stop anyone, especially running backs. Jamal Charles, it's a PPR league. It's a PPR format in these DraftKings contests. So Jamal Charles, he may not have 150 yards, but he's going to get 100 yards on the ground, maybe 90 yards through the air, pull in 8 to 10 receptions. He's going to get in the end zone. So I like Jamal Charles this week. He has to be in your lineup. Another guy that you like is Darren McFadden, Bill. $6,000. And again, this is another Raider going up against the Redskins, which is the reason why we like him so much. It's all about the matchup for Darren McFadden this week. The Washington Redskins, I'm pulling it up right now, have given up 59 points to opposing running backs. 27 in week one, 20 in week two, and 12 in week three. So Darren McFadden should go off against the Washington Redskins. Mm. Yeah, I I would think so. That's a pretty good price for him. I'm kind of looking at his – I always like to see kind of where he's kind of ranked. And um, he's about 16th this week on the salary cap ranking. I think that's a great buy there. Yeah, against the Redskins. I mean, he's yep. going to have a better matchup all year than this. No, this is Probably it. Not. This is his premier time. Pretty much. How about Jason Snelling, Bill? Uh, the guys over at DraftKings are not uh, they're not up to snuff on Jason Snelling. He had a very productive week last week. He's up against the Patriots, four thousand seven hundred. This is a great buy because the Patriots have given up, on average, over 100 yards to opposing running backs. I know Snelling is splitting carries with Jaquiz Rogers, but he's going to get the goal line work, and he should get first and down territory as well. I'm expecting Snelling to have a good game on Sunday night. And then your absolute steal at the running back position, Bilal Powell. Who would have thunk it, Bill? A New York Jet makes your absolute steal list. Bilal you know, Powell. I- I was very surprised at this as well. But you know what? The Titans, three straight game, or excuse me, last back-to-back games, they've given up a touchdown to opposing running backs. Bilal Powell puts the pound in ground and pound for the New York Jets rushing attack. Forget about Chris Ivory. I'm on board with Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell, I'm looking here, and Bill, he's, uh, he's way down there. He's like 30. Yeah. Yeah, he's down Holy there. Holy 
Crow. Wow. Um, he's, he's about 30. And, yeah. And you know what? You have a flex spot for the, uh, these DraftKings lineups. Bilal Powell, excellent, excellent option for your flex this week. All right. How about the overpriced running backs, Bill? I'm going to go through all three of the guys to avoid, and then you can comment. Arian Foster versus the Seahawks, $6,800 against the Seattle defense. Uh-uh. I'm not interested in that. No, no Sean Moreno versus the Eagles. We saw No Sean not, you know, kind of give up some carries last week to Ronnie Hillman and Monte Ball a little bit before Monte fumbled. No Sean Moreno versus the Eagles. Good matchup, but for $6,000 might not be worth it in that committee system. Exactly. And how about Ryan Matthews, who everybody hates, against the Dallas Cowboys, 4700 Well, the Cowboys have the best rushing attack, uh, excuse me, rushing defense in the league right now. They haven't given up a touchdown yet. Fantasy, get this, Todd. Fantasy running backs are averaging 3.5 points per game against the Dallas Cowboys. So if you're going to go with a Chargers running back, don't let it be Ryan Matthews. I would much rather see Danny Woodhead in your lineup. Plus the price is just out of control. $4,700 for Ryan Matthews, just not feeling it. No Sean Moreno, you kind of hit the nail on the head. The running back by committee, the Denver Broncos backfield is such a headache. Get your Advil ready if you're using a uh, Bronco running back this week. And then Aaron Foster's playing against the Seattle Seahawks. Enough said right there. Yeah, just stay away from that completely. Moving over to the wide receivers, Bill. Bargain buys. You got four bargain buys plus an absolute steal. The four bargain buys. Wes Welker versus the Eagles, $6,800. Pierre Garçon versus the Raiders, $6,400. Denarius Moore against the Redskins, another Raider, $4,700. And Kembrell Tompkins of the Patriots, who woke up last week versus the Falcons, $4,200. Those are the four bargain buys. Before I get to the absolute steal, Bill, what do you think of those four guys? Never again will you hear me uh, praise Raider playmakers than, like I will this week. And the reason is the Redskins' defense, that's their opponent for week four. The Redskins' defense is allowing the third most points in every category. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. So I'm using the, I'm using the Raiders this week because I know they're going to put up points against this Washington defense. Yeah, just... Uh... This is a week. This is one of those weeks where we don't we don't laugh at the Raiders. No, we, we certainly do not. We actually the, can. <laughs> Falcons, right. Falcons with Tompkins. Tompkins going against the Falcons. They're going to have the ten, uh, top ten most points to wide receivers. And then Pierre Garçon going against the Raiders. Same same situation there. All right, but riddle me this, Batman. Okay, those are the four best buys yep. or, uh, for the wide receivers. But here's the absolute steal: Torrey Smith, Bill, Ravens against yeah. the Bills. Yep. Only $5,700. I don't understand this one. To me, Torrey Smith is a wide receiver one this week. He's playing against the Buffalo Bills that just got torched by Geno Smith, Santonio Holmes, and Stephen Hill. So I am all in on Torrey Smith this week. You think about Smith's uh, skill set, it's kind of similar to what Torrey Smith, uh, to what G- uh, who am I? Stephen Hill and Santonio Holmes do. They're kind of deep flyers. Torrey Smith, same situation. Joe Flacco has a big-time arm, and he's going to take advantage of it against this really weak Buffalo Bills secondary. He's ranked 26th, Bill. Yeah, I, 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 to me, he's a top-10 wide receiver this week. Yeah, I'm with you. I like that a lot. All right, moving over to the overpriced guys. Larry Fitzgerald, $6,900. He's getting that salary based upon his name alone. He, he's supposed to play, but he's been banged up. Andre Johnson, another guy who's banged up. And he's going against Seattle. Forget about it. $6,700. I'm not spending money on him. Stevie J from the Buffalo Bills, the aforementioned Buffalo Bills, 
versus the Baltimore Ravens, 6,600 bucks. And Roddy White, who is not healthy yet, versus the Patriots, 6,300 bucks. All four of those guys, significantly more expensive than Torrey Smith. And three out of the four are injured, as you said, and they have tough matchups. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have a guy named Darrell Revis. Andre Johnson going up against the Seahawks. Uh, with Richard Sherman probably locking him down all day, and then Roddy White versus the Patriots still not healthy. The reason why I mention these guys is because they all have pretty big names. Larry, Andre, Roddy all have big-time names. They're well-known amongst fantasy football players, and their price indicates that they're going to have a good game because they're, they're, they have a high value this week, but I'm not going anywhere near these four receivers. Stay away. I would much rather you see a guy like Denarius Moore, Torrey Smith, Kembrell Tompkins may not have a big a name, but they're going to have a lot bigger production this week. How does Torrey Smith not have that big of a name? He just won the freaking Super Bowl. Well, I know, but for whatever reason, I mean, you're scrolling down the list, and all of a sudden he just jumps out at you at 5700 bucks. I know. It's crazy. Crazy. All right, let's finish this off with the tight ends, Bill. Two bargain buys and a steal. The first bargain buy, Julius Thomas. The guy's been on fire, Bill, to start the season. He's against the Eagles. That's a match made in heaven. Only 5300 bucks. Not terrible for a tight end going against, up against the Eagles. Then you got Owen Daniels against the Seahawks, Bill, 4400 bucks. I think the reason he makes our list is because of the price, which is very reasonable against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, D is not, not a great matchup for him. No, it's not a great matchup, but we know that he's involved Safety in valve. the Texans. Right. He's involved in the Texans offense. He's going to get the ball. And for $4,000, $4,400, it's hard to find a better deal. Yeah, and with Andre Johnson hurt, um, you know. Sure. And in, in Seattle putting a lot of pressure on Matt Schaub. He could be doing a lot of check downs to Owen Daniels, too. Correct. So uh, I kind of like that one. But the absolute steal, Bill. Kobe Fleener versus the Jaguars, 4,000 bones. He let a lot of people down last week, myself included. I think that changes this weekend against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he needs to step it up a little bit, you know. Step Uh, it up, Kobe. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's got a great matchup. So let's hope he can get the job done for his fantasy managers out there. Overpriced tight ends, Bill. We got a trifecta here. You got Brandon Myers of the Giants against the Chiefs at 4,400 bucks. You got Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings against the Steelers, forty-one hundred bucks. Yep. And Kellen Winslow versus the Titans, thirty-nine hundred bucks. Just not feeling these guys this week. I think their price is just far outweighing what they can produce on the field. There you go. DraftKings.com. I'm telling you right now, you can make some money using this list of players. We also have the article up at FFChamps.com. Our friend, our loyal listener, Bodog, won three hundred dollars last week. I want someone to come in. Call in next week to tell us they won like a grand or more. That's my goal. I want to hear someone that won like a thousand dollars, two thousand bucks. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, if you go with some of these steals, I mean, Torrey Smith, Bilal Powell, no brainers. Terrell Great Pryor, ones. if he plays, is a, yeah. is a nice option. Um, you can. I mean, once you once you use those absolute steals, I mean, half your lineup is set. And then you use a guy like Jamal Charles, who you know is coming at a hefty price, yeah, but is well worth it. Well, if you well saved all it. your, if you've budgeted by using the steals, right. then you have an extra thousand or two dollars to spend on a Jamal Charles. You know. Yep. Yeah. But that's how you do it. I, I think you and I agree. I think we talked about this in week one. I mean, why don't you tell the audience how you build a team here, Bill? Because some some people will go out 
and find their studs first, and then see what's left over budget-wise. I do the depth. I do the opposite. Exactly. I, I, I set my tight end, my defense, and my kickers first. Get them out of the way, and then I go back in and say, "All right, well now I have seven thousand on average to spend per player." So I go and get a quarterback maybe for eight 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 thousand, or I find a couple running backs that aren't as expensive. Maybe maybe one stellar running back, and then try to find one of these bargain buys or one of these absolute steals I have listed. And then once you fill out your main roster, you go back to the tight end, you go back to the kicker, you go back to the defense, and you say, "All right, I have another two hundred dollars to spend on each position." So then you make some upgrades along the way. That's what I like to do. I think it's a good strategy. It really helps identify who you can get for the right amount of money. What I love about it is as you add players to your roster on DraftKings.com, it, it, it tells you the average remaining uh, salary per player. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. kind of get a sense for what you're dealing with, you know, where you need to be around. Really, really cool stuff. All right, Todd, I think we have to get to some emails as they are loading up in our inbox. Uh, you can also call us right now. Phone line's wide open, 855-478-7030. Our first email comes from Mike in Pittsburgh. He says, Bill and Todd, love your show. Thanks for taking my email. Which of the following two wide receivers would you start this week? Larry Fitzgerald, Hakeem Nix, Josh Gordon, T.Y. Hilton, Ryan Broyles, Kendall Wright. Todd, it's a non-PPR league. He can only start two of those six wide receivers. Holy cow. That's a lot of that's a it's a mouthful there, Bill. Fitz, Knicks, Gordon, Hilton Broyles Wright. I'm knocking out Ryan Broyles and Kendall Wright because it's a non PPR league. I think both of us agree that T. Y. Hilton a little bit more injured than the team is letting on. So we knocked out off three of those wide receivers. To me, it's between Gordon, Knicks, and Fitzgerald. Gordon's in. Gordon's in. He's too hot to he's too hot to drop, baby. And Hakeem Nix is very very uh, ice cold right now. You can't get his... colder than zero catches, Bill. Well, you you can get you can get. What about if he catches it and then fumbles? Ah, <laughs> uh, at least he's touching the ball. Yeah, that's true. I don't know who you like. You like Fitz or Nix? Yeah, uh, how about that, Fitz or Nix? Fitz or Nix? I'm tr- I just want to check the FFCPI real quick. Our rankings on FFChamps.com. I just moved up Larry Fitz this morning based on the news that he was practicing in full this week and seems to be beyond that hamstring injury. I have Larry Fitz at 17, Josh Gordon at 15, and then Akeem Nix at 27. So to me, if you're going by the FFCPI, this one's a no-brainer. Go with Gordon and Fitz. Yeah, as long as as long as long Fitz is playing and he's not completely hampered, I think I would go with Fitz. If, you know, if it's kind of like the last week, like I wasn't high on him at all last week, you know? Right. Even though at this time last week it looked like he was going to play, but it sounds like he's a little better off this week. So um, I'm going to go Fitz and Gordon. All right. So Mike in Pittsburgh also has a flex option. Does he put Knicks in over Lamar Miller? Non PPR league. I'm not. Making We're going to get list. a lot of these questions, Bill, with Lamar Miller because he's yeah. kind of like Mr. Flex right now, right? For a lot of people, myself included. Yeah. <sighs> I might put Miller in there. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miller over Hakeem Nix as well. Not I'm PPR right about it, but I, I typically lean toward running backs. It's non PPR, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I go running back, non PPR. Miller. All right, our next email is from Andrew in California. Todd, he said he's a third year listener, first year subscriber, but we've only been on the air for two years. Well, he's listening <laughs> to you somehow. 
<laughs> Maybe he's listening to your uh, all your podcasts and all your video stuff that you got going on at FF Champs, Bill. Possibly, possibly. But he says he's a first-year subscriber, so I'm a little bit confused. But we're going to help out Andrew mm-hmm. anyway. Two quick questions. Full point PPR league. Who does he start, Hakeem Nix or our boy Ken Brell? God, here's another Nix question. Kembrell Tompkins gets a lot of targets. He seems we got like him 26 he... and 27 on the FMCPI. Yeah, it's, it's very, very close. Very Amendola's close. Out. I'm going. I'm going with Tompkins. He seems like he is learning each and every week. He's improving. Tom Brady was celebrating with him this week instead of chewing his ear off. I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going with Kembrell. Uh, I'm going to reluctantly agree with you. All right, his other league, we have to pick three of these wide receivers. Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Dwayne Bowe, Anquan Bolden, and he throws in a tight end here, Julius Thomas. Pick three? Uh, it's two wide receivers and one for a flex, so I guess Thomas is in that flex rotation. Okay, well, Gordon's in. Gordon's in, agreed. Edelman's in, it's a PPR. Edelman's in for PPR. So, so now it's we... Bo, Bolden, or Orange Julius? For the flex spot. Now, there's a caveat here because he has Gronk in his starting lineup. What about if Gronk doesn't play? He can put Julius Thomas in at tight end, and then it's between Bo and Bolden. Unfortunately, he has to make this decision tonight because Bolden's playing against the Rams Thursday night football. Do you want to rule out Bolden just for for the sake of not playing someone on Thursday night, and then you can make the decision whether or not he can put Julius Thomas in as the flex? Because I kind of like Julius Thomas in over it, over Dwayne Bow right now. I'm, pro- oh, man, Bolden. He's a tough call, man. Um, I mean, the 49ers are a mess right now. They certainly it's a are. Game. It's on the road. The Rams have given him fits in the past. It doesn't add up to the. You know, he's got some other options, man. So. It doesn't. Add, yeah, you're right. I, I don't think the risk reward is there for Anquan Bolden this week when you have a guy like Dwayne Bow who can blow up or Julius Thomas. Bow, remember, no target or one reception in week three, but he's playing against the Giants secondary this week. They suck. So I'm going to leave Bolden out of the equation for now. I'm going to go with Dwayne Bow in the flex. But if Rob Gronkowski is not playing, then you have Julius Thomas in your starting lineup. He's in so, good shape. That's a good. Uh, those are good yeah. options, you know. He also has Cobb out on a bye this week, so his team's pretty good. That's good stuff. I agree with you there. Eight five five four seven eight seven zero three zero is the phone number where we are going to. Matt in Kansas City has a quick question. What's up, Matt? How can we help you today? Yeah, hey guys. Um, I did a little bit of unconventional drafting on draft night because some guys that I was uh, drafting with were pretty competitive. So. What I ended up doing was I did get a wide receiver, Calvin Johnson, first, but I did come back and get Steven Jackson. Obviously, he's injured. Um, my team's 3-0 and right now, and I'm actually doing really well. Um, I also have Peyton Manning. The problem I have is I have some running backs on my bench that have kind of just taken waivers on, hoping something happens, and Pierre Thomas, Kendall Hunter, um, and obviously Steven Jackson's going to come back. So right now I'm starting my two running backs, Darren Spoles and Giovanni Bernard. And then nice. I have Julian Edelman, Calvin Johnson, and Pierre Garçon as my three uh, wide receivers, and I'm starting with Josh Gordon on my bench. My question is, is I have Antonio Brown and Bryce Brown both on my um, waiver wire, and I was wondering if you think between Pierre Thomas and Kendall Hunter or Jaquiz Rogers, if any of those three guys would be worth dropping for those two. Antonio Brown of the Steelers? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Andre Brown of the New York Giants. Oh, uh, okay. Well, he's not coming back for a while. 
So right. you don't have to worry about him. Bryce Brown would be a good option if you had LaShawn McCoy, but I'm not dropping Pierre Thomas, who's getting a lot of action now that Mark Ingram's out. I actually like Kendall Hunter because he splits time with old man Frank Gore, and I don't know if Gore is going to be able to stay healthy all season long. Bryce Brown is great if McCoy goes down. Now, we saw McCoy kind of uh, whimper with an ankle injury, but he was able to come back in week three. Here's what I'm going to say, Bill. I'm going to say, Todd? I mean, right now he's got a handcuff for – he doesn't have Gore, but he has his handcuff, right? Right. Hunter. I would rather have Bryce Brown than Hunter. I think you there's think much so? more upside with Bryce Brown with Chip Kelly's offense. I think All right. That, I think there's bigger upside there. I mean, right now, like, obviously he's probably not playing. I mean, I'm assuming, Matt, that you're holding on to, the, you know, to Hunter in, in case, you know, Gore gets hurt. Correct. Yeah, it was a late pick. Um, but what about this? Is this crazy if I do this? I have Steven Jackson. Obviously, he's injured. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. So I'm starting Sproles and Bernard. I only have to start two running backs, and so far it's worked out for me. What if I actually drop Jaquiz Rogers, who I just don't see as – I mean, he has no red zone threat whatsoever, and it's a half-point PPR, but he really isn't catching anything. What if I drop Jaquiz? Is that, is that out of the question? Because it seems like Pierre Thomas at this point is outperforming him fantasy-wise. And Kendall Hunter has way better upside. What do you think, Bill? I'm not dropping Jaquiz Rogers only because you have Steven Jackson. What about if Steven Jackson gets injured again? What happens if he doesn't come back as soon as we think? The Atlanta Falcons are on a bye in week six. The New Orleans Saints have a bye in week seven. And then the Cincinnati Bengals are on bye in week eight. So, or excuse me, uh, week 12. So that's six and seven weeks. You're going to need as many running backs that are playing as possible. So I would keep I, I wouldn't I wouldn't drop uh, Jaquiz Rogers at this point. Maybe when he's on the bye in a couple weeks, you go ahead and throw him back because you're expecting Steven Jackson back in week seven. But again, until Bryce Brown, until LaShawn McCoy goes down with an injury, and, that, and that's if he goes out with an injury, you're really banking on a player that that has very limited upside until his starter goes out. Okay, appreciate. It. Hey guys, I appreciate all the advice, and uh, I went uh, took two of five and cashed out four of my leagues last year, and you guys are the best. I appreciate it. Love hearing that, Matt. Nice. Best of luck in week four. Thanks right, for the thanks. call. Sticking with the phone lines, we're going to go to Steve in Boston. Has a quick flex question. What's up, Steve? Hey guys, what's going on? Nothing much, man. How can we help you this week? Uh, I got a I got a flex question for you. So I'm starting uh, Trent Richardson and Doug Martin. Okay, uh, and Pierre Garcon. Corey Smith is my wideout. Um, then I have Darren Sproles, Sean Marino, and Bilal Powell, um, as well as Kimbrell Thompson. Who would you play in the flex position? It's a half-point PPR. Half-point PPR. You have Darren Sproles, Bilal Powell, and you got to speak up just a little bit. I missed that other one. Oh, no Sean Marino. No show Marino. No show. We're not using him because the Denver Broncos – uh, came out and said that they did a rocks, paper, and scissors contest <laughs> to see who's going to get the, t- the touchdown this week against the Oakland Raiders. So I'm not relying on no show Moreno. Bilal uh, Powell. There. And, and Kimbrell Tompkins is uh, wide out that I could play as well. Yeah, I, I like your running back, so I'm not going to even consider Kembrell this week. Uh, Darren Sproles or Bilal Powell, the half-a-point PPR does give the edge to Darren Sproles, I believe. Miami Dolphins' defense got ran all over by Jason Snelling and Jaquiz Rogers. It went from a three-man show to a two-man show down there in New Orleans with Mark Ingram getting banged up with that toe injury. So I think you go with Darren Sproles, even though I like Bilal Powell this week. I think Sproles is the answer for your flex. All right. And, oh, just a little confirmation. 
I can't get this right. I took Jared Cook and Cameron as my tight end, but I keep screwing up on who to play. Uh, Go with Jordan Cameron, man. He's got the hot hands. I know Jared Cook started off fire hot, but he's ice cold right now. Jordan Cameron is still hot. I always go with the hot hand, so I like Jordan Cameron. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate the phone call. 855-478-7030 is how you can reach us. Also, radio at footballnation.com. Todd, let's go back to the emails. We actually have another tight end question. Uh, Jordan in Arkansas, 10-team PPR league. He has two tight ends, Jared Cook and Rob Gronkowski. Pretty tough situation here because Jared Cook's playing on Thursday night, as we know. Rob Gronkowski, very iffy, very questionable at this point for Sunday night. What do you think, Todd? How do we help out our friend Jordan in Arkansas? Do we tell him to go with Jordan Cook, who we know is going to play, even though it's Thursday night? Or do we tell him to wait, maybe play a little bit of a risk, and hope Rob Gronkowski is activated for Sunday night? Oh, man. This is brutal. This is brutal, Bill. Tough. Tough. Um, we hate these Thursday night games. You know, this this type of thing <laughs> we do. This is the type of situation where you got to kind of get a feel for your roster and your opponent's roster. You know, um, do you, you know do you have a lot of really good options this week at your other positions? You you feeling good about your matchups? You know, you think you're going to put up some points. If that's the case, Bill, maybe you take the safe points with Cook. You think so? If you're up against a juggernaut guy in the in the league and you, you might need a big performance, right? Go Gronk. You know, okay. I, I, you know, it's, I know it's Thursday, but I don't have enough confirmation. For me, I don't have enough confirmation to like go all in on Gronk right now as we speak. Now, by the end of this show, an hour and seven minutes from now, maybe we'll get more information. Who knows? Right. But right now I'm, I'm a little worried about, you know, going all in on Gronk, getting overly excited about him possibly playing on, on uh, Sunday night. You're playing it safe. Not sorry. You're going with Jared. Probably. Carl. Probably okay. playing it safe unless I have a roster with some holes this week and I need a I need a big you know big upside play then I might go Gronk. Next email is from Chris McCormick. He says, "Guys, I've been patient with Bo and indeed cashed in when he scored versus Dallas, but last week was miserable. I can't afford another zero for the wide receiver I drafted as my number one. In the following scenarios, would you consider playing any of these guys over Dwayne Bo?" Eric Decker, or excuse me, each week I play Dwayne Bowe and Eric Decker. Should I double down on New England receivers this week and play either Edelman or Tompkins over Dwayne Bowe? It's a full-point PPR. I'm going with Julian Edelman over Dwayne Bowe, absolutely. Full-point PPR, Edelman. One caveat, he says, I have Brady in this in this league, so it could go boom or bust. I think I think the Patriots are going to be fine. They shouldn't have any trouble scoring against the Atlanta Falcons. You don't even need Edelman to score. You just need him to catch eight, nine, ten balls like he always does. Which he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. So full point PPR, Edelman. I would go with Julian Edelman over Dwayne Bowe. All right, his league number two is a non-PPR. Okay. Picked one of these guys to pair up with Demarius Thomas. Eric Decker, Dwayne Bowe, Demarius Moore, Nate Washington, or Julian Edelman. Non-PPR, Todd. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say this. So he's got Demarius Thomas. He's talking about possibly starting Decker. Right? Yeah. I think Peyton Manning is going to throw for a zillion yards and touchdowns go, at go home. With both of the Broncos back uh, receivers? I, I, I rarely advise that, Bill. Okay. In this case, against the Eagles? I mean, Bill, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I listen, Eric Decker had a big-time game 
on Monday night against the Raiders, and Demarius Thomas didn't get in the end zone, but he still had like 10 catches for 95 yards. I'll, I mean, honestly, I, I think that Peyton's going to throw at least four touchdowns this week. So who's going to catch him? You know, who knows? But he's gonna As long as someone doesn't catch two of them, Eric Decker has a pretty sh- good shot of getting into the end zone. Well, I think DT's going to catch one this week because he didn't right. catch one last week. Welker, Julius Thomas. All right. um, yeah, I know. I know. So I'm, as long like, as as long as one of those guys don't catch two, Decker should be all right. I'm going with both of them. I, it's, I just I feel that strongly that Manning's going to destroy the Eagles. Have you seen the quotes going back and forth between him and Chip Kelly? By the way, which is another reason why I might think this way. Who Peyton? Yeah, Peyton said that the Eagles got a, a scheduling break by um, playing on Thursday. Play on Thursday. They have a couple extra days to prepare for the Broncos. And then Chip said, "Well, yeah, but you know, we played three games in eleven days prior to that." Because remember, the Eagles started late on Monday night, the first right. week. So they, you know, so they're going back and forth. Anyway, Peyton Manning might be extra angry this week. Ooh, sounds like I don't think. You and want on top that. of that, Bill, he's got to be angry at his running backs. If they get to the five yard line, he might say, "Hey, hey, knuckleheads, you know, rock paper scissor, you know, Manny Mo and Curly, whatever their names are." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give any of you guys a rushing touchdown this week. I'm just going to throw them. Throw them in the end zone. I'm going to throw them to Orange Julius. I'm going to throw them to Decker. I'm going to throw to Walker. Take All that, right. knuckleheads. All right. That's what they deserve. Yes. Peyton Manning, he, with... doesn't, he doesn't condone rock, paper, scissors, Bill. Yeah. No, he does not. And he's like, you know, he's like the, you know, the father figure on that team. He's, so he's going to – he might flex his muscle at the goal line. And, and just... Father figure? He's like the god figure. Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather. He might say, yeah, he might just say in the pregame. He might say, just so you guys know, he might sit the three running backs down. And he might just say, no, none of you were scoring tonight. Just we so get you know, the ten, uh, uh, I'm passing every time. Quarterback sneak on the one. Exactly. <laughs> take that. All right, uh, one more email before we take a break, Todd. Colby Jack from Rocky Top. Hey guys, just listened to your show for the first time this week. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Colby. I went running back heavy for my draft and got Marshawn Lynch, Steven Jackson, C.J. Spiller, Gio Bernard, and picked up Snelling and Moreno off waivers. Wow, what a backfield. Uh, question number one, would you trade Spiller or stay patient? Don't know who you're considering. Don't know who would take Spiller at this point. It seems like you're selling him low. It's the opposite of what we'd want to do. We always buy low, sell high, but would really need to know uh, who you'd be considering or, or who's considering uh, taking Spiller off your hands. Question number two, who would you start at flex? Uh, no Sean Moreno, Jason Snelling, or Josh Gordon. Again, we kind of need to know more about your league. Is it a PPR league? Is it a half a point? Do you get bonuses at 100 yards? Do you get, uh, I don't know, action if they pick up a first down? Uh, so Kobe Jack from Rocky Top, we kind of need to know more about your league. Well, let's assume it's non-PPR. Standard what would, scoring, what, what are you telling them? Uh, I think I'm telling them to go... <sighs> Jason Snelling. Over Gordon? Yeah. And if it's a PPR, I'm going Gordon. Okay. I'm not not going with Moreno. That's for sure. Listen, Moreno, his opportunity came and went to me. He, he sh- people should have sold high on him after week two. or, th- well, or We told or, him to. Yeah, right. Because now Ronnie Hillman is going to get some action for the next two or three weeks. And then it's going to be Monte Ball. And then it's going to be back to Hillman. And then it's going to be Moreno. So right now I'm, I'm very bullish on Moreno. Bullish? Isn't bearish? Bullish a, yeah, you're not bullish yeah, yeah. on him. Bearish. There you go. Bearish. I don't, I don't mess around with the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> the 
That's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing because I hate math. Um, so, yes, I'm going with Snelling in the non-PPR, Josh Gordon in the PPR. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, I can't argue with you there. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think it's a good idea not to argue with me. No, if it's PPR, <laughs> you go with the receiver there, Gordon. <laughs> Uh, Todd, I said we're going to take a break, but I don't want to keep Dave in New Jersey on hold for too long, so we're going to take his call right now. What's up, Dave? I understand that your team's 0-3 and you need some help. Hey, Bill and Todd. Guys, I love the show. and Yeah, uh, I got four teams, and I'm 7-5 and overall, but this one team is really struggling. I'm 0-3. Not good. How can we so, help you? So, yeah, I... You know, I, uh, I actually I can't hear Todd. Because I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll, I'll go through the lineup. Quarterback, Tony Romo. Running backs, Doug Martin and uh, Frank Gore. In my flex, I got Giovanni Bernard. Wide receivers, Des Bryant, Kemberl Tompkins, Brian Hartline. Tight end, Jared Cook. And on the bench, I got MJD, Hakeem Nix, Eli Manning, Ben Tate, Marlon Brown. And IR spot uh, spots right now: Danny Amendola and Shane Marine. All right, David. Who are your running backs again? Doug Martin, Frank Gore, Giovanni Bernard, and MJD. You got to trade one of those guys. Get an upgrade at wide receiver. MJD, I think he's going to have a good game this week. Has a very uh, well-known name amongst fantasy football players. So hopefully he has a good game against the Colts. I think it can happen. If you try to package him with one of your lower-quality wide receivers, you should be able to upgrade at wide receiver to go along with another uh, one-two punch with Des Bryant. Okay. This is a pretty good-looking team. I mean, uh, I, you know, he's got Romo. He, he's got Geo. He listened to us on Geo, Bill. Um, I mean, Doug Martin hopefully can continue to – hopefully Glennon helps him out a little bit. Well, Des Bryant and Tony Romo are going to absolutely go off this week, playing against the Chargers. I think that combination – of Des Bryant and Tony Romo, might just single-handedly win your league this weekend. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, obviously we love him. Three touchdowns in the last two games. Love to see him getting more action with the Cincinnati Bengals. Des Bryant, uh, I mentioned him with Tony Romo, but he needs to be a little bit more consistent other than getting into the end zone. I would like to see a couple hundred-yard games from Des Bryant over the next couple weeks. Jared Cook, I know he started off hot, but I think he's going to... um, not stay quiet, but I, th- I think that week one game was a little bit of an anomaly because the Arizona Cardinals are really struggling against the tight ends thus far uh, with their main linebacker still suspended. Still there, guys? Hello? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dave, I, I do think you have a pretty good team, but, uh, you know, Doug Martin is not performing like the true number one or two overall pick like we expected him to but he started off slow last year Todd yeah you can't I mean I, I, I agree with you I think that you, you always want to trade from a position of power you got to wait for MJD to have a nice game hopefully he can do that for you this week and once you once you get a good game out of him then maybe he's tradable you know like you said Bill package him with Heartline or or, or somebody and try to upgrade the you know get a get a solid wide receiver two in there. That's that's the move here. He's got a lot of good running backs, man. I mean he's he's definitely in pretty good shape, Bill. So, um, and I think it's his team his team hasn't really shown his best yet. You know what I mean? I mean like you said, Martin hasn't really exploded yet. Geo is just getting started. Romo and Dez have yet to have those explosive weeks that we know are coming. 
And Jared Cook had one nice week, a couple off weeks. He's got Jacksonville in week five, Bill. So maybe mm. that'll jumpstart his season. There you go. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here on Football Nation. When we return, more of your emails, radio at footballnation.com. More of your phone calls, 855-478-7030. Plus, we're going inside the quality stats with Kerry Byrne from coldhardfootballfacts.com. That's all coming up next right here on Football Nation. Football, football, and more football at footballnation.com. Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs, FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on FootballNation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football, you belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. Collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league, or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today, check out collegefootballgeek.com. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck.
Every football fan has a voice at footballnation.com. All right, welcome back to Football Nation. Bill Enright, Todd DeVries, hanging out with you. We're going to get Kerry Byrne on the line from Cold Heart Football Facts in just a little bit. But, Todd, a lot of uh, start-sit questions coming in from Fantasy Football Champs, from Football Nation. So we're going to try to help as many people out as possible. Um, a lot of the emails, radio at footballnation.com. A couple questions to get to here. We have our friend Andy B., uh, has a quick question about his non-PPR lineup. He's got Andrew Luck, Brandon Marshall, Brian Hartline, Darren McFadden, Marshawn Lynch, and Heath Miller with uh, Lamar Miller and Cecil Schwartz in his flex. He wants to know if he should swap anyone out. Ryan Matthews, get him out of your lineup. Mm-hmm. Put in Danny Woodhead or Donnie Avery, Todd. It's a non-PPR league. What do you think? Ugh. <laughs> no, I guess you didn't like was... that one. Well, get Ryan Matthews out of there. Totally agree with that. Um, you put it in the law firm. You put it in Donnie Avery, Danny Woodhead. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to go uh, Woodhead? No, non-PPR. I-, I would much rather either use the law firm, maybe he gets a goal line to carry, or Donnie Avery. Not Ryan Matthews, though. I guess I'm going to go law firm. I think he's probably the safest play. Yeah, he is. He's still getting some goal line stuff. He and Gio are kind of splitting that, so I'd go there. Sticking with the emails, our good friend Mad Dog says, Hey, Bill and Todd, love your show. Keep up the great advice. Thanks, guys. Pick one of these quarterbacks, Todd. Eli Manning, Jay Cutler, Joe Flacco, EJ Manuel, or Ryan Tannehill. Man, there's just some crappy options there. <laughs> well... Eli Manning was a top five quarterback up until week three when he put up a big, fat goose egg with the New York Giants. But yardage-wise and, and fantasy point-wise, you know, it doesn't matter if it's coming in garbage time as long as it comes. It just never came in week three. But Eli, before week three, was a, re- a really good match, a really good play. But this week he has a tough matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. They have a pretty good defense. Um, I guess I'm going to go Eli. I'm going to go Eli Elite, Bill. <laughs> Going with Eli over... I mean, it's either... it's You got Eli, uh, Tannehill, Cutler, Flacco, E.J. Manuel. I'm not going E.J. Manuel. E.J. Manuel's out. You know, Cutler's not a bad option against the Detroit Lions. But again, I, I have him in the same tier as Eli Manning and Ryan Tannehill. I'm not using Flacco. I'm not using E.J. Manuel. So, <sighs> you know... I have Eli and Tannehill ranked neck and neck. 15 and 16. Over Cutler? Yeah. Against Detroit. I have Cutler in the at dome. 17. Cutler at 17. Cutler had a couple good games prior to uh, going to Pittsburgh. It's tough to play in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Jeez. Tough one. I don't like any of his options. I actually have, you know, I, you know, it's funny because I actually have Eli, Tannehill, and Cutler all with the same grade. I score all these players, 15, 16, and 17, Eli Manning, Ryan Daniel, and Jay Cutler, but they all have an FFCPI score of 84. They're all right there. Yeah, all that's, that's why it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Who, who has the most upside and who's the safest, Bill? Cutler has the most upside. I believe Eli Manning is the safest. Ryan Tannehill is somewhere in, is somewhere in the middle. I think Tannehill is the safest. Hmm. How can you call Eli safe after what we saw last week? 
Good lord. Because, again, in the first two weeks, Todd, he, he was number five in yeah, terms that's, of fantasy that's, points. To me, he's boom bust, Eli. Oh, so you think he's the big risk, big reward. <laughs> well, yeah. Kansas City, very tough place to play. I don't know if Brandon Flowers is going to be in action. He's kind of bothered by that knee injury. I still like Eric De- Eric Berry. Their pass rush is amazing. All right, I might here's give what I'm the going. Nod I'm, here. I've, I've decided what I'm doing here. I might give the nod to Cutler. I don't know who I'm, you're going I'm with. I'm going Cutler. Um, I'm going Cutler over Tannehill, and I've, I've slotted Eli down to third. I've, after thinking about it, I've moved him from one to three on this list. Okay. I well, again, they, they, they all have the same score. I mean, they just come in. Yeah. So it's not really like Eli's 15, Cutler 17. It's no. They're really all 15, but, I mean, someone has to be. I think it goes alphabetical order. No, that's not true because Eli, <laughs> Eli and then R and then J. I wonder how that all goes in there. I wonder if I can make a change. I don't know, man. I might have to change their relative strength. I'm really getting in-depth here. Jay Cutler. All right, I'm going with Jay Cutler. Against Detroit. Cutler had a bad week last week at Pittsburgh. He'll bounce back. The Lions stink. The Lions are not as good as their record. Bears are going to put up some points in that game. Let's knock off some of these callers before we're waiting. Uh, We're still waiting on Kerry Byrne from Cold Hard Football Facts. We're going to go to Jeff in Bristol, Connecticut. What's up, Jeff? Hey, man, how's it going? Uh, All right, two quick questions for you. Uh, first question is a trade-related question. Somebody wants, and I'm not too comfortable with it, but it's still good, uh, Eric Decker for Arian Foster. Which You're side of this far- trade are you on? I'm uh, Eric Decker. He wants Eric Decker for Arian Foster, but Eric Decker is really my best number two wide receiver option. Who are your running backs? My running backs right now are Adrian Peterson. Um MJD, Bernard Pierce, and, Gio Bern- and Giovanni Bernard. I mean, Bernard Pierce has very limited value once Ray Rice is back. I do like MJD. I think he's going to start getting better. He can't get any worse at this point. But I think Arian Foster is a big improvement. Imagine having Adrian Peterson and Arian Foster. Todd, if I told you that in the beginning of the year, you'd be doing backflips. I know. Yeah, I'm who- in PPR league, too. So. PPR. Who are your receivers other than Decker? And my receiver core is kind of weak besides that. Um, well, Julio Jones is great, but uh, after that, it's Antonio Brown, who's kind of eaten up, but who really knows? And um, Kembrell Tompkins and Julian Edelman. I mean, I think that's a great receiver core. Edelman in the PPR? Yeah. Well, he's good for now until Amendola comes back. And then I think Tompkins sure. will take over. You think so? I mean, listen, in my mind, in my opinion, you can always find a wide receiver based on matchup play. In a PPR league, uh, you, you grab a guy like Ryan Broyles. You, you take a flyer on a guy like DeAndre Hopkins when Andre Johnson's out, or Santonio Holmes from the Jets, or Denarius Moore this week against the Washington Redskins. Uh, Golden Tate sometimes has good matchups. Those are guys that you can go out and pick up off the waiver wire based on their matchups. So in a PPR league, I think wide receivers are a dime a dozen. It's very rare when you can have a, a, a lineup that includes Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson, and then your choice at flex of MJD and, and Giovanni Bernard. I, I think you have to do this deal. Julio Jones will carry your receiving core, and then you find up the best matchup next. So you guys are both comfortable with it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. So this, this kind of brief slump that he's in is a temporary thing? Foster? I think 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's much of a slump. I just think he's trying to get back into playing shape. Remember, he wasn't in the preseason. He wasn't in training camp. So it's going to take him a little bit of time for him to get things going. Remember, he had that hamstring injury two years ago, the anti-awesomeness. It took him three games, and after that third game, he was lights out. So I'm, in, I'm expecting Arian Foster to really pick things up going forward. Uh, you're buying him low. That's always what we try to do, and you're selling Eric Decker high. Uh, to me, Eric Decker is a top 30 receiver. Arian Foster, to me, still a top 10 running back. Okay. All right, Jeff, we Sounds appreciate good. the phone call. Best of luck. Todd, to me, uh, Julio Jones and Kembrell Tompkins, Julian Edelman, you can you can have solid receivers by getting rid of Eric Decker still. He's Antonio Brown, too. And Antonio Brown, right. And it was a full-point PPR league. Yeah, he's good. I mean, yeah, uh he- now here's the thing, just so he, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's aware of this. You know, if he gets, if he pulls the trigger on this today, he's got Arian Foster against Seattle and San Fran the next two weeks. Well, uh, San Fran is not the defense that we were once. I don't know. Of. I'm just, I'm just saying, and maybe that's why one of the other reasons why the Arian Foster owner, the current one, is ready to cut bait. You know, he's been a little slow out of the gate. He sees two big name defenses coming up. You know. Yeah. So I think as you 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 put it perfectly, this is the time. To buy low, and you're buying low on Arian Foster. He's at still top 10 running back as long as he's healthy. I think he'll be fine. All right, Todd, it is time to bring on our good friend, Kerry Byrne from ColdHardFootballFacts.com. We're going to jump inside the quality stats at CFF Insider. What's going on, Kerry? Thanks for joining us today. Todd, how are you doing, gentlemen? We're doing great, man. You excited for this Thursday night game, St. Louis Rams and the San Francisco 49ers? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always excited for football, whether this one jumps out. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the problem's been, uh, Bill, is that those Thursday night games tend to be dogs for whatever reason. Now, last year, these guys played two great, exciting games. The Rams actually won one, and, and they tied the other. Uh, but you know what? I think that I think the short week, since the NFL has been doing this regularly on NFL Network last season, uh, here's a, a bit of advice from Cold Heart Football Facts Insider. Take the under. The Unders hit 11 of 15 games. They're playing sloppy football on Thursday night. See, Kerry, you might have missed the beginning of the show. Uh, that was the very first topic we tackled. Yep. I have the solution to Thursday night football sloppiness, Kerry. It's very simple. All they have to do, of course, they're going to be sacrificing a few weeks of ridiculous money, television money, but schedule it so that the two teams that play on Thursday night both have a bye week the week before. So, like, once you, you know, if you start doing this between weeks four and, say, 12 or four and 13, when the bye weeks typically happen, then you've got well-rested teams that have 10 days to prepare and 10 days after. Well, you know what, Todd, I don't know if you remember, but when the NFL went to bye week, you know, which is a pretty recent phenomenon, uh, there was one, there was a year or maybe two where they had two bye weeks. There was an 18-week season. And teams got two weeks off. Uh, I think if the NFL did something like that, I mean they have the they have the precedent, then you could probably probably work out the logistics. It sounds like it's still my tough, he's tough, but uh, it would certainly solve the issue we're talking about where we're getting you know, we're getting, you know, less than the best product, right? And I suppose less than the best NFL is still better than nothing, but it's still not uh, I think we all agree, right, that it's not it's not uh, it's not the best showcase for NFL football on Thursday night. 
Well, Carrie, here's what we're doing. I'm going to come over. We're going to get in your F-150, yep. and we're going to march right into New York City and knock on Roger's door. Because the man to be meeting with the gridiron godfather, Roger Goodell himself. There you go. So, so, Carrie, you know, one of the things that we like to follow on Cold Hard is your intelligence index. Yep. Okay? It's proven to be extremely beneficial to betters out there. Yep. Who who are the mental – I know you call them mental mismatches. Who do we have that are the total mental mismatches on this week's docket? Well, listen, let me, let me give you a little background just on why this is important and why, why your listeners, Todd, should be paying attention to the intelligence index and what we call these mental mismatches. Uh, the six smartest teams in football are 13-5 and five against the spread so far. That's 722 against the spread. But really, where the intelligence index pays off is betting against – the dumb teams. So you think 722 is pretty good. Let me tell you how the dumb teams have performed. The seven dumbest teams in football right now are 3 and 18. That's 14.3% against the spread. And the five dumbest teams are 1 and 14. That's 1 and 14 against the spread. That's a .067 winning percentage for those of you keeping score at home. So that's why this is huge. And, uh, I don't want to give away the whole farm. On we, we have three mental mismatches this week. I'll give you one of them. Uh, Seattle versus Houston. Seattle is, was the smartest team in football last year. They're the smartest team in football again this year. Uh, Pete Carroll has a very smart, well-coached team, in addition to being a tough defensive club with a great young quarterback and a hard-hitting uh, team. They're also the smartest team in football. And, and, and Houston this year, guys, has really fallen apart, especially defensively, with they are the least efficient the least bendable defense in football. So Seattle at Houston right now is definitely a mental mismatch. And by the way, Todd, can I can I cite something? Uh, we cited three mental mismatches last week. They turned out to be the three biggest blowouts of week three and among the big, biggest blowouts of the 2013 season. Whoa. Seattle over Jacksonville was a, was a mental mismatch. It was a mismatch in many ways. Uh, you know, a huge win for the Seahawks. Carolina versus the Giants was a mental mismatch. The biggest blow of the year, 38 to nothing. And Dallas over St. Louis was a mental mismatch, 31 to 7. Three mental mismatches last week, three blowouts. We have three more mental mismatches this week. I cited one from Seattle and Houston, and I'd, I'd invite your listeners to come to Cold Heart Football Facts, become insiders, and find out what those other two mental mismatches are, guys. We have these every week, and they are deadly against the spread at Cold Heart Football Facts Insiders. Kerry, what happened to the Houston Texans? They were your team last year, and all of a sudden they fell off in a major way. Yeah, I mean, really, you can cite one game. It was that Monday night football game against the, against the Patriots last year uh, where they got, I forget the exact score, like 45-17, to right? And that team never recovered. They got beat up by the Patriots again uh, in the playoffs, and people said, well, you know, they lost Brian Cushing, whatever. Well, you know, they were still playing pretty well defensively, you know, for the few games Cushing was out before that Patriots game, and, you know, then this year they just have not have not recovered in the, in the issue. I mean, they're 2-1. Let's not count them out yet, but, uh, you know, the issue is that they're really playing inefficiently. They're playing, they're not playing smart football. They're giving up cheap points. They're giving up more cheap points, the cheapest points uh, of any team in football right now, uh, which means the offense isn't putting them in a good position. Special teams is not putting that defense in a good position. Uh, they're just not they're just not a very smart team right now and I thought uh, you know, listen, we we didn't we didn't have them high enough sights this year based on the, the decline at the end of last year, but we expected more than what we've seen right now despite the two and one one record. This is a 
a very suspect team, and I don't know, that, you know, I don't see how they turn it around against that buzzsaw guy. That is Seattle right now. Even even on the road right now, Seattle Seattle looks like a dangerous, dangerous football team. Hey, uh, by the way, Kerry, I think you and I picked Seattle to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Who'd you Ooh. pick, Bill? Who'd you pick, Bill? <laughs> Falcons. I got the Falcons. I'm still staying faith in the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, long way to go, man. A long season, right? You know, they don't they don't play the Super Bowl after week three. That's for sure. Well, Kerry, speaking of the Falcons, we got a couple interesting primetime games coming up yep. on um, Sunday night. And Monday night and tonight, I guess. Although we kind of already talked about how we expect kind of a sloppy game tonight. What, what can you expect from the Sunday and Monday nighters coming up? Well, listen. You know the, the question. You know the Patriots right now have been very good defensively, right? Number two in scoring defense. Number two in what we call defensive passer rating, a critical stat. And obviously the caveat that everyone brings up: look at the quarterback they played, Geno Smith, EJ Manuel. Uh, Josh Freeman getting benched after his performance against the Patriots last week. Uh, so, you know, that number is not, those numbers are suspect right now, right? We need, people want to see the Patriots get tested. Well, you know, Atlanta is, is certainly a test guy. This is a, you know, we know Matt Ryan's a very good quarterback. We know that team has talent in many different areas. Uh, the one question is, you know, this, this is not, this Atlanta team is not the club we saw last year at 13 and 3 in the number one seed in the NFC there. Their defense has been suspect. Uh, they're they're getting gashed for big yards downfield. They're not they're not awful, but they're not good. This is not a deep into the playoff caliber defense right now, guys. Just looking at some of our numbers, twenty third in defensive passer rating, twenty third in passing yards per attempt against them, twenty fifth on the defensive hog index. There's only six defensive fronts in football worse than Atlanta's right now. So, whereas uh, you know the Patriots. You know, Matt Ryan is a test for the Patriots' defense. Uh, Tom Brady, despite his, you know, despite his slow start, is still Tom Brady, and I think he represents a test for the for the Atlanta defense as well. And uh, I think we're going to get a great game. I think I think the Patriots built a lot of momentum against Tampa offensively. They're not what they were last year by any stretch. It may not be soon, but uh, you know, I, I think we can see a lot of fireworks in this game. I think it'll be pretty exciting. Bill, Carrie, last thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm just, I'm just busting on Bill again because it's so much fun. Bill, the Patriots, what if they go in there and beat your Falcons? Falcons 1-3, and three, already matching the three losses from all of last season. I still think they'll be fine. The NFC East, or the, excuse me, the NFC to me is, is pretty open right now. The 49ers don't look as good. The NFC East is a mess. I don't see anyone coming out of uh, the NFC West other than the Seattle Seahawks at this point. Mm. NFC North can be anyone's game. I still have faith in the Atlanta Falcons, even Bill, if they lose to the Patriots this lose weekend. Lose the Patriots, Bill. They still got to face Seattle. They got to face the Saints again. They got to go to Lambeau. They got to go to San Fran late in the year. Hey, Bill, you know, here's, you, here's a concern. Here's you, a, you, know, you two can and, keep bragging about uh, who's winning and losing in September, and when December and January roll around, I'll be the one that's standing up on okay, my chair Mr. screaming and yelling. Did you have the Panthers <laughs> hey. in the Super Bowl last year? Yeah, I did. There you go. Hey, uh, so here's a concern. Here's, here's a legit concern if I'm an Atlanta fan. Compared to last year, okay, uh, we talked about the intelligence index earlier, right? Teams that, you know, who plays smart football. Uh, the Patriots are fourth right now on that indicator. Traditionally one of the smartest teams in football year after year. Atlanta right now number 19, guys. They're in the bottom half of the league in terms of uh, what we call intelligence, and all that is is a measure of how well you play in situational football. Atlanta's not playing smartly right now. They're not playing championship caliber Football, and I, I agree with you, Bill. And so, you know, they, they, we, they don't put teams in the Super Bowl in September. Uh, if they did, Peyton Manning would have seven Super Bowl titles. You know what I mean? 
that is a concern. This team needs to improve. Uh, it needs to play more effectively long-term, and right now I haven't seen that. And then, by the way, just uh, I know you want to talk about the other game, Miami-New Orleans. This, to me, is probably the most exciting game of the weekend based on the fact both are undefeated, and we want to know, is Miami legit? Is New Orleans, is that, is that defense legit? Have they really come along? Can Tannehill uh, take the next step and play well on the road in a primetime game? I, this game has all the makings of a real exciting, great uh, primetime game. I, I'm really excited about the Dolphins. Thank you. All right, Carrie, so you have king of props, the king of prop bets. I love prop bets because they're more about an individual player, and I feel like I do a pretty good job with them. You have the king of props who has an excellent record thus far in the season. He has won for the Thursday night game, St. Louis Rams and the 49ers. So if you're listening to us live on Football Nation Radio, you'll be able to get some action on this King of Props bet for the Niners and the Rams. What is the bet tonight? Uh, well, you know what? I, I don't know if I want to give it all away. I, I would tell you this, Bill, that the King of Props right now is 9-3. and three, and, it, and it, He does four props every week. He does a Thursday night football one. He does two Sunday props. does a Monday one. 9-3. and three. One Eddie Lacy injury away from being ten and two, uh, really nailing it, really on fire. What's going on? What to expect in each game? I can tell you this: this 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 prop has something to do with the San Francisco defense without Alden Smith facing Sam Bradford in that in that uh, in that St. Louis offensive line. Carry, uh, That's what it's based on, and he hasn't picked. He has an analysis on why he thinks this is a strong player, the strongest player of the night. And I'll tell you what: nine and three through through. Uh, week three is, is pretty good, and I'll tell you, I've known the king of props for a long time. We did not dub him the king of props. He's the best in the business, and right now you can only find him at Cold Heart Football Facts Insider. And 75% right now, I think, is reason enough to come in and check out and learn more about why he is, in fact, the king of props. Terry, you don't have to tell us what his bet is, but tell us what, what the actual prop is for tonight. The prop is under two and a half sacks for the 40 uh I, I just gave it away. <laughs> All right, so, the, uh, so it's two and a half sacks under or over for Sam Bradford. <laughs> well, and, you know, um, if you're listening, guys, you got one tonight. Under two and a half sacks for the 49ers. Why he wants it, uh, why he likes it, why he thinks it's strong. And, uh, you know, he'll have two more Sunday, one more Monday night, and like I said, an incredible long-term record of success. All right, so, Todd, the over-under for tonight is the St. Louis uh, Sam Bradford gets sacked over-under two and a half times. Are you taking the over or the under on that action? Hmm. I'll, I'll do whatever the king of props says to do. Well, that's not really... Uh, I don't have a strong radio. opinion on it. I haven't read the the column yet, but I will do it once we're off the air. All right. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Some numbers, I, okay? I mean, since we already uh, kind of uh, hinted a little bit, a little strongly at it. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. I've been... I mean, I read what he, what he writes every week, and of the 12 bets, I think I agreed with him on, I think, 10 of them before the game took place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I read his bet and his reasoning, it makes a lot of sense to me most of the time. Okay. All Here's right. what, you know, Alden Smith, you know, the, the 49ers have seven sacks this season. Alden Smith had four and a half of them. Wow. Yeah, and also, the, the 49ers had four sacks in two games last year against the Rams, and Alden Smith had three of the four. So, you know, like I said, we get, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's always strong reasoning, uh, always strong reasoning behind it. 
All right, Kerry Byrne from ColdHardFootballFacts.com. We appreciate you joining us. And check out the Cold Hard Football Facts Insider. Great information, quality stats when it comes to picking winners and losing uh, losers in football games. Plus, they got the king of props who we're all looking forward to for the Thursday night game. Kerry, thanks for joining us. Have fun this weekend. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. What do you think, Kerry? Or Bill? Two and a half sacks. I kind of like the over on that. No Alden Smith. Uh, no, it's very sloppy football on Thursday night. True. I think that if the that particular prop bet is going to depend upon how the game goes. You know, if the Rams are down a couple scores, mm. then I like the over. If the game is tight, then it's going to be real close. Yeah. Okay. I, will, I mean, you know, th- there were – read his stuff. If you haven't subscribed – Subscribe to the Cold Heart Insider. It's when I read his stuff, he lays it all out, and he he's he's very no nonsense. He doesn't write, you know, uh, pages and pages about his pick. He 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 like one two three. Here are the reasons why I'm doing this. Boom boom boom, and he he makes sense to me. He speaks hmm. my language, Bill. Okay. All right. We're gonna get, jump back to the phone line. Our friend Matt in Chicago has been patiently waiting for a quick fantasy football question. What's up, Matt? How can we help you this week? Oh, yeah, I got a running back question. Um, my choices are uh, Bernard Pierce, Ahmad Bradshaw, Lamar Miller. It's a non-PPR, um, and I'm not sure what the status of Ray Rice, you know. Just one? You pick one of those three? Yeah, he needs one of those guys. Lamar Miller, Bernard Pierce, or who was the last one? Lamar Bradshaw. Miller, B- Bernard Pierce, or Ahmad Bradshaw. Um, I have Bernard Pierce the highest if Ray Rice doesn't play. If right. Ray Rice is in action, then Pierce probably falls behind both Miller and Bradshaw. So I'm going to go with Lamar Miller. If Ray, if Ray Rice is in, a, in yeah. if Ray Rice is active, I'm going with Lamar Miller. If Ray Rice is on the bench, he's inactive, he's too hurt to play. I'm going with Bernard Pierce. I agree with that. All right, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad we're in agreement. Because to me, Ahmad Bradshaw and Trent Richardson, I think they're going to split carries against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Lamar Miller should get enough work against the St. Louis Rams on Monday night to, to be pretty productive this week. I would think so. You know, um, he's kind of – he hasn't exploded or anything, Lamar Miller, and I don't really expect him to. But he's kind of calmed us down. Those of us that were worried about him, mm-hmm. he's kind of calmed us down just a little bit, um, you know, from uh, our concern in week one when he rushed for three yards. Right. You know, last two weeks, he's rushed for 69-62. So, you know, he's moving up a little bit. Um, not terribly exciting, but uh, he's getting the end zone a little bit more for me. But I think that'll come. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, the first ever, or for 2013 at least, NFL Power Rankings. Todd and Ooh. I go through our top ten and our bottom five power rankings for 2013. You know, we don't do these week one, week two. We do them after week three, three games under our belt. We kind of get to judge a little bit more uh, based on what we've seen for the first month of the season. So that's coming up next. Not Not going to want to miss our power rankings here on Football Nation. Headlines, stats, fantasy previews, and more right here on Football Nation. You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. 
collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league, or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today, check out collegefootballgeek.com. Footballnation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on footballnation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football, you belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs. FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL on Football Nation. All right, welcome back to Football Nation. Hanging out for another 20 minutes or so here. We're going to do our NFL power rankings as we head into week four. Plus, we're taking more of your emails and phone calls to help your lineups, your fantasy football lineups for this week. Todd, what do you say we get into our power rankings? We haven't done them this year yet, and it's because we kind of like to watch a few games, get a few games under our belt before we start ranking some of these teams. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want to compare who we have at number 10 and then go go work our way backwards? How do you think we should do this? We're going to go uh, me first because I'm always right. All right, fine. 
you know, that's that is the most fun part about doing these power rankings. We did them last year on on some radio shows. Is is that I'm right and you're wrong. You know, you couldn't even narrow down your top ten to ten. You have twelve here. Hey, there are twelve quality teams in the NFL right now. Oh come on! I ranked them all. You 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 for your number ten. You have like six teams. You just put like a tie in there or something. Yeah, and then I narrowed it down to just one team. All right. See this. All right. This, so go this ahead. This is good. This is good. Who, See who's like your this. who's your twelfth team in your top ten power rankings? Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, they're three and zero right now. You have them at twelve. Twelve. All right. A little who's... bit of a mirage. They're going to wind up like around five hundred. All right. Who you got next? Atlanta Falcons. Your your Super Bowl. Atlanta Falcons, Bill, are the 11th best team in the league right now. The team that you were just ripping me for for considering them a Super Bowl contender, you still have them in your top 10, even though they're at number 11. Yeah, well, they're not going to the Super Bowl. Okay. All right, who's 10? 10 is the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Looking pretty good right now. Miami Dolphins, yes, they are looking pretty good right now. And they have beaten your Falcons. They beat a good Colts team. So yep. they, you know, they have some good wins under their belt too. So you can't dismiss what the what the Dolphins are doing. All right, who do you have at number nine? I'm not giving up on the Green Bay Packers, Bill. Wow, you have they the Packers lost. coming in at nine, one and two right now. They lost on the road at San Fran. They lost on the road at the Cincinnati Bengals. So right. those are two. You know, the, yeah, they're two losses, and they didn't look particularly good finishing that game off last week, as we saw. But they're going to be fine. They're right now. They're by number nineteen. All right. Who do you have coming in at eight, seven, and six? I'm a huge believer in Andrew Luck. I've got the Colts at number eight. Number seven, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals. They're doing it all sorts of different ways. I love Geo and the running game, of course. Uh, Andy Dalton's good enough to get the job done, and their defense is a little bit scary, as we saw in Hard Knocks. So I've got them at number seven. Speaking of defenses, Bill, how about uh, the Chicago Bears? They're looking really good. I mean, they're scoring at will like they did last year on defense. I believe the Chicago Bears' defense has more points than the Jacksonville Jaguars' offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, I just looked at my little email that I sent you. You only have 11 here. I, I yeah. You know, you're worse at math than I am. <laughs> so the Bears are actually number five. I know they are. So we started at 11 and we're down to five. Okay. Okay. Number four, I have the, the, so New, England, the New England Patriots. <laughs> We're, we're starting this segment off right, you know. This yeah. is, we're really uh, this out of the park. <laughs> I've got the Patriots at four, Bill. Okay, I yeah. still have them going to the Super Bowl, but right now I have to say that you know Broncos, Patriots, Broncos are the better team right now. Okay, so I'm going Patriots four by the end of the year. Amendola's back, Gronk's back, uh, Brady's got that offense clicking. The Patriots are still going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with that. All right. right now, I've got them four. Number three, I'm going back to the NFC, the New Orleans Saints. Saints are looking good right now. Hey, you know what? We don't talk about it because most of our show we talk fantasy. How about their defense, Bill? They've given up 17, 14, and seven points. Rob Ryan doing a pretty good job. Yes. Stolen that 3-4. So he's my, they're my number three team. Number two, I'm going with the Denver Broncos. Um, they are not doing it with defense. They do it because their offense is so ridiculously good. And number one. <sighs> Seattle Seahawks, hands down, best team, top to bottom in the NFL. No one's beaten them in Seattle in January, Bill. They're going to the Super Bowl if, if they can remain somewhat healthy. And, oh, by the way, Percy Harvin might be back in another couple months too, just to add a little extra juice to that offense. You know, we saw them go on the road last year to Atlanta and lost. 
I think I'm with you, Todd. If they have, they should lock up home field advantage this year. Well, yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's super early, but but I can't see them losing a playoff game. I mean, they did against the Saints a couple years ago. They won that game. I can't see them losing in Seattle during the playoffs. I just can't see it happening. No, of course not, because I'm right. All right, so my top ten is as follows. I have the Atlanta Falcons 1-2 and two at number 10, the Indianapolis Colts at 9, Miami Dolphins at 8, Kansas City Chiefs. That's the biggest disparity. I have the Chiefs at 7. You have the Chiefs at 11. I got the Cincinnati Bengals at 6. I flip-flopped the Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints compared to your rankings. I have the Saints at 5, Bears at 4. Love what Jay Cutler is doing with that offense. Love what the defense is doing, continuing what they were uh, started off doing by scoring so many touchdowns last season. And then, I, like you, I have the New England Patriots at three, and then we flip-flopped again at one and two. I have Seattle at two, and the Denver Broncos at number one. Pure and simple, plain and simple, I don't think anyone can stop Peyton Manning, uh, even the Seattle Seahawks defense. I just think Peyton is on fire, and he's going to break the touchdown record this year he's going to finish with the most yards he's ever had phenomenal year for Peyton Manning and the Broncos they're going to go they're going to be the last team to remain undefeated I'm not saying they're going undefeated but they're going to be the last team to finish in the undefeated mark right now Broncos Seahawks Patriots Bears Saints Chiefs Dolphins all three and oh Broncos are the last team standing undefeated all right well our biggest disparity was Chiefs right uh you have the yeah. seven I have an eleven Excuse me, the Chiefs have beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right? Yeah, bad. The Eagles. Yeah. They're beating up on the NFC. They beat Dallas at home by a point. They beat Dallas at home. I don't think Dallas is anything special, but they did beat Dallas. Give them credit for that one. So I don't think the Chiefs have exactly, you know, gone through the gauntlet yet. No, they certainly haven't. They play the New York Giants this week. Then they play the Titans, the Raiders, the Texans, the Browns, the Bills. Other than the Texans, they should have a pretty good schedule heading into, uh, I believe, I don't, I don't even know what week it is, but it's November 17th against the Denver Broncos. They play the Broncos twice in a matter of three weeks. December, uh, November 17th, then they play the Chargers, and then they play the Broncos again. But even they finish up the season against the Redskins, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Chargers. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I mean, and- where, where do you see them losing? To the Texans, the Broncos maybe twice, and maybe the Colts? Where do I see? The, you want me to go down their schedule and tell you how many games they're going to lose? No, just pick out some teams that you think they're going to lose against. I think they could lose the Giants this week. All right. Uh, maybe. I don't know. T- playing an arrowhead's tough. I'm just saying. I think they could, I think they could lose that. All I think right. they could lose at Tennessee. I think they could lose against Houston. I think they could lose at Denver twice. They played Denver twice. Yeah. They got to go play the Colts. So you have them at 10 and 6. No. No. Well, I, I don't, before the season, I had them at 7 and 9. And now I'm, you know, you had them in the playoffs. I give you credit for that one. You had them yeah. in the playoffs. So this is not a surprise to you at all, Mr. No, Boyd. it's not. And looking at their schedule, I really don't see a lot of losses here. I, um, I'm going to probably give them an extra win. I'm going to say 8 and 8 or 9 and 7. Oh, yeah, I, I just don't see – I see them losing to the Broncos twice, maybe the Colts, and maybe the Texans. That's four. Colts, so maybe, Texans, so, Tennessee, so may- Giants. Yeah. You know, who knows what's gonna, what Washington's going to be like in December at Washington. Yeah. They're just going to – you just think they're going to sweep the Chargers and Reds, yes. the Raiders? 
Yes, I do. All right. Well, they're all divisional games. Uh, I can see those teams wreaking a little havoc with them. So, yeah, yeah. I think eight or nine wins. Don't sleep on the Chiefs. That's my phrase of the day. Let's go to our bottom five teams. These are the worst five teams in the NFL right now. I think ours are pretty similar. Uh, you run through your, your bottom five, Todd. I have a bottom six because I, I don't stick to your, your rules, Bill. You tell me to rank ten teams, I give you eleven. You tell me to rank five, I give, I give you six. That's how I do. Fine, go on. And the team that I just said might beat the Chiefs is my number 27 team. The sixth worst team in the NFL are the New York football Giants, Bill. You, you have to be kidding me with that ranking. You really believe the Giants are the sixth worst team in the NFL? Right now they are. They can't, Right now they are, but all right, fine. All right, right now they Bill, are. I mean, the stats that they put in that last game. Were, were atrocious. You even said you texted me or you said something. You you said that's the worst game you've seen in, in what like a, a decade or something. Yeah, it was bad. So th- I'm putting them in there because number one, they're not in my top bottom five. But you're a Giants fan, so I had to stick it to you while I can. How about that? <laughs> that's fine. So they're there, 27, 28. The Arizona Cardinals. I don't believe in Carson Palmer. I don't think he's going to even finish the season, Bill. Cardinals stink, and um, they're my fifth-worst team. Minnesota Vikings, 0-3. Christian Ponder, Matt Castle, who cares? That team is going nowhere. I can't believe they were in the playoffs last year, Bill. Adrian Peterson was the one-man wrecking crew. Number 30, third-worst team in the NFL, the Oakland Raiders. Terrell Pryor, yeah, he's showing us some flashes now, Bill, but by the end of the year, that team's going to be in the running for Teddy Bridgewater. Number 31, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, uh, the train is off the tracks down there. It right certainly now. is. Greg Schiano, the blooms off the rose. Any cliche you want to use. Uh, Freeman's on his way out. They're bringing in Mike Glennon. Good luck with that. And then number 32, Jacksonville Jaguars, Bill. Enough said. I don't think anyone will be able to. Uh, are the Jaguars starting Blaine Gabbert on purpose? Like they don't want to win any games, so they're starting Gabbert? It's the race for Teddy. You think so? Thank him for Teddy. Yeah. I think that's why the, the Browns are continuing to play Hoyer. I think that. I think that. Over the course of the season, Hoyer's clearly an inferior quarterback to Whedon, so they're just trying to lose. And last year, think so. backfired. Last week, it hmm. backfired on them. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. They're all trying to tank it, Bill. That's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> and I love that the Browns won last week. It was hilarious. thought it was really funny. Ten minutes left in the show. What do you say we try to help out as many people as possible with their Week 4 fantasy football lineups? Let's go to Rick in Houston, who's patiently on hold. What's up, Rick? How's it going, guys? Going all right, man. What can we help you with today? I've got a question on starting a couple of players on my fantasy this week. Um, either Bernard Pierce, Darren Sproles, Tory Smith, Dwayne Bowe, or Josh Gordon. I got three flex available. Three flex? Yeah, three three positions available. Is it PPR? Yeah, no, no, not PPR. Both teams. I'm only starting Bernard Pierce if Ray Rice doesn't play. Okay. All right, he's got Sproul. Josh Gordon, Torrey Smith. Who are the others? Yeah, I've got Sproul, Smith, Bo, and Gordon. What do you think, Bill? I like I, I love Torrey Smith this week against the Buffalo Bills. I yep. like Josh Gordon this week, even though he's playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. To me, he was hot last week, and I think they're going to keep giving him the football. The only player that I would be considering swapping out is Bernard Pearson, and that really is uh, dependent on Ray Rice being in action. 
Okay, so if Ray Rice is out, it would be Pierce, um, Gordon, and Smith, you're saying. Yep. That's he's got to pick like. three, Bill. Yep. Oh, he's, oh, he's good. Look for Houston to win this weekend, by the way. They'll beat Seattle. You think Houston's going to beat Seattle this week? So, Rick, you're yeah, down there in, you're, you're down there in Houston. Course. I'm a homer. I'm a homer, but don't knock out the Texans at home. They're a, tougher, they're a different team in Houston. Rick, I want to get your opinion. I want to hear what the pulse of the uh, city of Houston's feeling right now. You're down there well, in Houston. You're a Texans fan. Seattle Seahawks are coming to town. Aaron Foster has been a little bit of a letdown thus far. Right. What are the fans down there in Houston saying about Foster? Nothing about Foster. They're actually pissed off at shop. They want Case Keenum, believe it or not. Case Keenum? <laughs> I know. Well, that's just a shop. Yeah, talk about homerism and localism. <laughs> So you're 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 totally skipping over TJ Yates. You're going right to Case Keenum. That's what they're fighting for, yeah. But no, I think in reality, we're not so concerned about Foster. It's more about Schaub, really. Well, I would be a little bit concerned about Matt Schaub too. He's gotten to you got he's gotten to the playoffs, but he just hasn't been able to win the big game lately. Matt, Bill, he's Matt Schaub. Well, I, I know that's why. I mean, I agree. I mean, the Texas he's Matt Schaub. I think you've gotten the best out of Matt Schaub. I think that he is what he is. I don't think he's going to get any better. Case Keenum? No, I'm not saying he's <laughs> no, better. I'm just saying that if I was a Texans fan, I'd be kind of pissed too because they got this window of opportunity that's starting to close a little bit. And they, yeah. you know, the best they can do is Matt Schaub, who's probably what fifteenth best quarterback in the league. Yeah, I would maybe. You know, I'm just throwing 18, a number out there. Eighteen, like nineteen, that. somewhere in the teens, right? Todd, you know, fans are really funny because in Washington they were calling for Kirk Cousins to be the starter over RG three. Like, give me a break. Sometimes. Uh, fans are just ridiculous. Case Keenum over Matt Schaub. You're totally skipping over this third, the second quarterback, T.J. Yates, going right to the to the rookie out of out of Houston. He's not a rookie anymore. But oh, he's yeah, not a rookie. Yeah. Last year he was a rookie. Yeah, well, he threw for a bazillion yards at, in Houston. So uh, at, as a Houston Cougar, right? So yeah, they've they, they've seen what he can do. He's a local boy, and they want him to be the guy. It's typical. Yeah, typical but irrational. Correct. All right, a couple more emails to get to, trying to help everyone out. Let's do these rapid-fire style. Time to jap- drop Jared Cook for Colby Fleener. This is from Isaac. What do you think, Todd? You dropping Colby? Are you dropping Jared Cook for Colby Fleener? Um, I think they're almost equal. Yeah, I, I, I think they're the same, too. I, I would do it based on the matchup. If you don't like Cook against the Niners tonight, then go with Fleener because he does have a good matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Andy B uh, says, first-time subscriber, thanks for the knowledge. What do you think of this trade he made this week? I love these people that ask us about their trades after it happened, Todd. So we gave up Tom Brady, Dwayne Bowe, Trent Richardson, Pierre Garçon, and Darren Sproles. Wow. He got back Andrew Luck, Lamar Miller, Marshawn Lynch, Darren McFadden, and Cecil Shorts. What do you think of that trade? He gave up two wide receivers, two running backs, and a quarterback. He got back one quarterback three running backs, and one wide receiver. It's a non-PPR league. Brady, for luck, is a downgrade. Uh, Dwayne Bowe and Pierre Garçon are, are far outweigh what you're getting from Cecil Shorts. Trent Richardson and Darren Sproles in a non-PPR. I like the fact that you got Marshawn Lynch and Lamar Miller. I think you lost out on the receiver. You get, you upgraded your running backs, but you lost out big on the quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't really – I mean, we don't know the rest of his roster. We don't know his scoring system. This seems like, you know, just kind of a <laughs> I don't a know. blockbuster deal just to make a blockbuster deal. Yeah, it kind of just shakes things up. I mean, maybe it, maybe it fits the rest of his lineup. We don't know. I mean, basically, yeah. you know, like you said, he's getting Lynch and he's giving up Brady. 
Nah. I don't know. Marginal. Yeah. Marginal trade. I wouldn't say you won or lost. It's just marginal. Mike in St. Louis is in the non-PPR league. He needs help with his flex option. Daryl Richardson, who may not even play tonight, or Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Yeah, that's an easy one for me. Daryl Richardson came out with a hurt foot after, like, the second series last week. Wouldn't want to risk that again. Nope. Um, CPM says, gents, thank you for, kindly for the feedback on air. Kind of cool to hear you guys provide field feedback in real time. Keep up the great work. Hey, Chris, that's what we do here on Football Nation and Fantasy Football Champs. I mean, you send us an email, you call us, and we're, we're given instant reactions, instant feedback, instant advice. That, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help everyone win their fantasy football leagues and matchups in week four. Bill, here's one that we I think we might have skipped over from Mike. He needs one quarterback this weekend, wants to know, who would be the best start out of these out of these guys? All right, who's the best start? Ryan Tannehill, Big Ben, Joe Flacco, Terrell Pryor. Ryan Tannehill, Big I, Ben, I like, Flacco, Pryor. I like Big Ben playing underneath Big Ben in London. Oh, I see. I see how you see what, did that. You see what I did there? Very clever. Yeah, I like that. So I'm going with Big Ben Roethlisberger, number 14 on the FFCPI. Listen, if Terrell Pryor is active then I'm putting him in the lineup. But I don't think he's going to play with this concussion. Uh, right now I have Big Ben as my 14th-ranked quarterback. All right. Hey, Chris in Reno has a question. With Aaron Rodgers on his bye, who's the better option at quarterback, Tannehill or Eli Manning? All TDs are worth six points. All TDs are worth six points. Tannehill or Eli Manning, I'm going to go with Tannehill. There you go. I think we talked about this earlier. I think Tannehill's probably a safer play than Eli. Eli's got more boom bust to him. Yeah. Um, tight end question from Chris. He got uh, we gave him some feedback earlier. He's got another one for us, Bill. Tight end this week: PPR pick one, Gonzo against the Pats, or Jared Cook tonight against the Niners. I'm going with John Gonzo. Gonzo's been quiet, man. Yeah, he'll be all right. I agree with you. I, I I'm going with Gonzo as well, but I have Gonzo in one league and very disappointing. Yeah, he's like 30 yards every week. Step it up, Gonzo. Step it up, Gonzo. Otherwise, you should have right. stayed retired. Did you uh, did you do uh, catch twenty Lou catch twenty two yet? No, let's get to him. Lose my All right, he too. missed the beginning of the show, and he apologizes for that, Bill. You should be sorry, Lou, because we we count on you to be listening for the full hundred twenty minutes. <laughs> Twelve team one point PPR bonuses over hundred yards. All right, wide receivers. He's got Bo, Kembrell Tompkins, Cecil Shorts. Ruben Randall and Steven Harvin. Hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> Harvin's not doing a lot of good right now. Yeah. Randall Cobb's on a bye. Waiver wire, Stephen Hill, Kendall Wright, Mohamed Sanu. Any of these guys we're picking up over Bo? Full point he'll, PPR. He'll drop league. Randall. He'll drop Randall. But are any of these guys in full point PPR worth starting over Bo? Stephen Hill, Kendall Wright, Sanu. Uh, Kendall Wright might be worth starting this week. He's playing against the Jets. You know, Jake Locker had a good game last week. I'm still sticking with Bo. I'm still sticking with Dwayne Bow. I know he burned a lot of people last week. Kendall Wright catches a lot of passes, so I do like him in a PPR, but I'm, I'm riding with Bow. Okay, he has another question, which is actually a pretty interesting one out there. All right. Percy Harvin, he still has him. He, he's reading that he might not come back till week 13. Is it worth holding a roster spot for Percy Harvin if it's not an IR spot, just a regular roster spot holding on to Percy? If you believe he's not going to come back till week 13, it is not worth holding but if you think he's coming back in week eight, somewhere time around the middle of November, beginning of November, then absolutely worth keeping him. All right. Defense, should he play the Patriots or drop them and pick up the Colts this week? Colts. 
Agreed. Uh, last question that Luke Catch-22 has. His tight end is Fleener. Is Heath Miller uh, a better player this week? I'll tell you what, Todd. For someone that didn't listen to the beginning of the show, we're spending a lot of time on these questions here. No, he's got a lot of questions. All right. What do you got? What, Fleener what's or the Heath final Miller? One? Uh, Fleener. There you go. Yeah. Bill's upset with with, uh, with Lou. Oh, well, I mean, listen. you got to tune into the whole 120 minutes here. We, we need we need those uh, we need that uh, audience viewership to on the rise. Uh, we got some more emails, Bill. Are we going to do these off the air, or you want to try to bang out a couple more? I'm going to do these off the air. I think okay. people like when they get my analysis instead of your poopy analysis. What? <laughs> Jeez, kind of a testy show today, Bill. You and hey, you I know what, going... Todd? You're you're attacking my Falcons team. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's that's the reason you didn't like that I had your, your real team, the Giants, as one of the worst teams in the NFL. You and didn't I, like I, that at all. I, I just think that's absurd. I but, really then, but then I but then I said they might beat the Chiefs this week. Your Chiefs, by the way. You have a I lot of teams. You have the Chiefs. You have the Falcons. You have the Giants. You're Listen. a very confusing uh, football analyst. <laughs> that's why I stick to fantasy. I can just root for players. You think that? I mean, seriously, you think would you be shocked if the Giants beat the Chiefs? No, I would not be shocked. Do I there think it's go. gonna ha- do I think it's gonna happen? No. But I also said on Tuesday that the Giants are gonna go seven and two in their next nine games as long as they win one of the three following Bears, Chiefs, and Packers. I'm calling the upset. You think the Giants can beat the Chiefs? Giants are beating the Chiefs. I think it takes one more game to light a fire under the Giants' butt and then they'll they'll be all right. So you I'm not saying go- playoff I'm not saying playoffs. I'm just saying, in the NFC East, anything can happen at this point. All right. There you go. Well, that's my bold prediction of the week, Bill. Giants, winless, beat the undefeated Chiefs. I don't don't know if I have a bold prediction of the week. Um, Peyton Manning throws for five touchdowns against the Eagles. How's that for a bold prediction? Is that bold? I think that's not bold at all. That's not bold at all? Um, Hold on. Let me go to the schedule real quick. Uh, The Bengals, no. Buffalo, no. Seattle. I don't know. Ricky Houston kind of seemed – that the Houston that'd Texans crap. Yeah, be that'd bold. be a bold prediction. My Texans, Seahawks, too. Texans you go beat your me. Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Just to bust your chops. I'm going with Texans, with my boy Rick from Houston, going with Texans over Seattle this weekend. How about All that right. one? So you're going against my Seattle team. I'm going against. I'm going with your Giants. But you're going against my Falcons. <laughs> and my Chiefs. By going with my Giants, you're going against my Chiefs. Very confusing. Yeah, it is. Very confusing show. Well, we want to thank all of our listeners, all of our audience members, everyone that emailed in, called us. We appreciate you guys tuning in to Football Nation. Got to give another shout-out to our producer, Josh Deering. Did an incredible job, as always, answering the phones. Josh, what are these people like when you pick up the phone and you say, hey, this is Football Nation? What, you know, Are they nice to you? Do they just want to get on air right away? i got to say, they're all pretty nice to me for the most part. Good. We like to hear that. If, if anyone gives you problems, you got to let us know, and then we'll call them out during our little conversation. I'll just hang up on them, not, not let them on. All right. Okay. Just want to make sure. Todd, any closing thoughts before we kick off? Sloppy game tonight. 49ers and Rams sloppy game as uh, the trend continues for Thursday night football. Want to wish everyone the best of luck in week four. Thanks for tuning in to Football Nation. For Josh Deering, Todd DeVries, I'm Bill Enright. Have fun in week four. Football, football, and more football at footballnation.com.